Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. What the fuck, man? <laughs> it's simple. <laughs> uh, we've had some rough starts, but, but I think that, that one, amazing. to end the year, I think you just <laughs> took it. I think you just took I it. I hit all one. the buttons, y'all, for those of y'all listening. Oh, did you really have to explain that yes. to you? So no, on top yeah. of it being like a bad joke, no, you explained yeah. it. I did it, guys. I finally did it. Oh, man. This is, <laughs> this, this is as cringy as the new Star Wars no movie. No way. Oh, wow. What mm. a segue. Let's yeah. talk about a movie that Give I haven't seen. Give yourself an applause for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode what? I don't know. 58. This 58? is episode 58. Nice. Human yeah. Sushi. Your boy Dre. Mm. Cap. Mm. And we got... Mm. Special guest sushi in the building. I was drinking water, y'all. My boy Milad, back in the fucking house. Milad. Thank you for having me. Sir. Very grateful. Welcome, sir. Absolutely. Thank you Thank for you. coming. So, what, it's been what, six, seven episodes? I was on 51? Was you it 51? were on, was it 51? Well, it's the, it was the one right before the new year, but it was the one right before... 51, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it was yeah. probably 51. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. It's nice to be back. Yeah, man. Yeah. Welcome yeah. back. We have a lot to talk about. We have a year... That of uh, of ups and downs and moments and memes and all kinds of shit to talk about. Oh, so is this like a recap episode? Am I just now learning about this? Or? Yeah. I mean, we can go with it. It could be yeah. part recap. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, do a recap episode. This is the okay. part where like the sound effects come in and we like the dissolves and we have right. a flashback. Yeah. That's not in the budget for this one, but maybe <laughs> next year. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll roll with it. Have you guys been around for the entire 2019? You guys started in late 2018. 2018. Right? Yeah. yeah. We haven't missed a week yet. No. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this episode is definitely going to be... I, I'm more interested in asking you guys a, a lot more questions in terms of just, like, your process and what you've learned <coughs> and how things change. We could talk about it, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can sum that up for you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't learned a thing. No, I'm just kidding. Man. I actually learned a lot this year, man. Like, I learned about being a dog parent. I'll tell you that much. Was I, this your first year having a dog? Yes. Uh, this is my first year... Having a dog, yeah. I got him in August, actually. Um, And I had never had a dog before. And it blows my mind how far I've come from day one to now. You know, like, literally, like, that's my child. Like, that's my son. You know, I love that dog. How did you feel? Did you, well, first question, did you get him as a puppy or as a rescue? As a puppy. He's still helpless. He's only five months. Oh, okay. okay. Is he only five months still? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Feels like longer. Last week I picked up so much fucking poop it was disgusting, man. But like, <laughs> also off brand, at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's funny because like er, ever since I started listening to you guys and just that after being in the first conversation with you guys a couple weeks ago, like I by design don't want to pick up dog shit mm-hmm. because I'm just like I'm letting them down. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, it's such a <laughs> integral part of your like character now. Yeah, I'll you tell know? you. Listen, I'll tell you a quick story. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. I, but today the dog pooped and I didn't have a bag in the little leash thing that has the bags in it. And I walked to where I know there's a bag. I grabbed the bag and I walked back and I picked up the poop. Wow. Yeah. Can we oh, get yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want an applause. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> Boom! Dog poop. <laughs> So if I have a neighbor who's like that, I know is a good person or has been kind to me. Mm-hmm. If Riley drops a deuce there, I'll do that, right? Because I don't really always carry bags with me. Mm-hmm. Exactly, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an honor system, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's right. like a you know, it's the code. You know the guy, so it becomes real. Yeah. yeah, it's not like some faceless person. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but if I don't know you or if you've ever just uh, like made me Crossed feel weird. Crossed you. <laughs> yeah. yeah like care. that dude in the in the back right now? Oh, yeah. Uh, what was that all Carlito's about? Carlito's way. Yeah, what it, was that all about? Oh, that guy that rolled up on us? Yeah. Yeah. Like we're out in the back, you know, mm-hmm. doing what we do. Right. And homie drives by. Like right. he's already got like a, you know, like a car that well, a high school kid well, would well, drive. First right? of all, we're, it's not even like a street. It's like an alleyway. Yeah, it's an alley. We're in know? the alley. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, he rolls by. So he rolls by hella slow, then turns around Mm -hmm. in the alley, like did the Austin Powers, like the 16-point turn, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? With tinted windows. With the dark-ass tints, Mm -hmm. rolls up to where we're at and fucking slowly rolls down the window. And I'm just like, yo, hold up, man. And what did I do? I've seen this movie too many times, bro. He just walked straight to the window. My friendly ass was like, hey, how can I help you? Hey, buddy, (laughs) how can I assist you? (laughs) It is kind of like... Thinking about it, it's kind of sad though that we like we live in a world where yeah, like the way we I'm, I'm sure you felt the same way. You just kind of diffused it with with your natural reaction with but kindness. So no, actually, as I was walking up, part of the reason I walked up was because I wanted to you know visually assess the situation, right? So uh, mm, I don't even I believe swear, that no, for listen a second. To me, bro. Listen, I, I mean, really on, mean it. Bro. No, okay. I the first you thing almost I, drew that man a map. He asked you for directions. I was visually assessing. You're like, here, I'll go with you. Listen, the first thing I did, the reason I walked up was to see if he had anything in his hand. You know what I mean? That's the first thing. When I saw it was a cell phone and that he didn't have anything in his hand, like the gun pointed towards the door or something like that. See, he's the most gangster one. See, we ain't even peep gang. You're the most gangster one. (laughs) (laughs) Got you. The second thing was not knowing. I wanted to make sure there was nobody else in the back seat. Mm, Yeah. So, yeah. Weapon or no weapon? No weapon. It was a cell phone. Yeah. Okay. I, I it was visually, a, it I, was a cell phone. <laughs> 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 All right, Batman. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> which isn't a weapon in itself in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Right. But uh, not. But I, I got you guys. I got you. Don't worry. We appreciate Thanks, you, man. man. Yeah. Thank you for being the Israeli tactical force. Like <laughs> that's the type of shit that they teach you, right? Like they. T- Kill them with kindness? No. That's like no, a, that's not, <laughs> I don't think that situation. made the book. Yeah. I don't think that made the final <laughs> cut, bro. That was all a facade, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're just a nice guy. I am There's a nothing nice wrong guy. with yeah, that. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Do you catch yourself having conversations with people at pretty much everywhere you go? Pretty much everywhere I go, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's the spice of life, right? People in general. Like How about you? Yeah. yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there there are I'm very big on intuition. I'm very big on a gut feeling. Energy. Yeah. So there's people I will, you know, str- like not even strategically, obviously avoid. Just because something about them just won't make me feel good. Right. Um, There's a lot of people that I feel that about, you know? Yeah. Everywhere. Publix, Home Depot, (laughs) strip club, everywhere. (laughs) Same. You you name it. On the bus. Yeah, Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's like the way his whole mannerism too, like, you know, he stopped, he waited, he rolled down the window. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was skittish, too. Like, I think he was standoffish, too. I think, personally, that's why he did it so weird. You know what I mean? Because he was looking at us like... It was awkward, Should man. I ask these dudes anything? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And he was with his girl. You know what I mean? He was probably like, ah, they look all right. That guy looks like a nerd talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It was just, yeah, it was, a, it was a funny decision to make on his part. It's like, really, bro? Yeah, in an alleyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very uncomfortable. The time of day, yeah. I mean, well, thank God we survived. Yeah. Thank God yeah, we're good. you yeah. helped us survive. Right. Yeah. No, you I ass- I, yeah, I visually assessed the situation. Uh-huh. I said, code green, everything's good. 
What did he ask you? He asked you for like a specific. Like he was asking me an address. And I was like, why are you here in the back? I was like, go to the front. Like, you know, that's right. what I told him. Yeah, much. I thought he was a business owner because he like threw something <coughs> away in the dumpster. Right. Got back in the car. Huh. But I didn't even look like think to even look at hi- look at him and, and notice that he was like a kid. Yeah. But kids do a lot of dumb shit too. So yeah, maybe it was delivering. A, it was a transaction, and that we were supposed to retrieve the package from the dumpster. And that was the code. Like, have that, you yeah. seen? Yo, which one's ninety five oh three? That was the code yeah. name, and you got it wrong. Right. He was like, oh, they ain't it. And I was that like, ain't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That ain't it. It ain't them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the pin. There wrong. was something else going on. There was a subtext <laughs> had to be. there. Yeah, it had to be. There. It was just like. There was nothing natural about him being there mm-hmm. after eight o'clock with his yeah. girlfriend. See, now you're making me feel eerie about it. I was feeling perfectly fine and all was right with the world. That's what I'm, I'm saying, like, was I in danger? <laughs> but you know what? I'm n- I don't know if you're the same way, but I'm naturally, I'm friendly, but I'm naturally wary of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. You know what I mean? I always feel like people have an agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you ever seen that uh, movie, uh, that scene in uh, Men in Black One, the first part? Where Will Smith goes to the shooting range and the whole, it's a test, and like there's a bunch of monsters or whatever, and then he only ends up shooting a little girl, right at the right. end. And the whole point is he, he's saying like, yeah, this guy's a monster, but he's blowing his nose. You know what I mean? This guy, whatever. So I try to kind of, I try because of course you have your preconceived notions or whatever when you see people, you know. And a lot of it is actually accurate, you know, like a lot of that instinct. If you feel someone is coming towards you aggressively, based on these, you know, on on these. Like instinct based on what? Because like I think I get what you're people's saying. People's mannerisms or their actions or their facial expressions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, if I see somebody coming at me aggressively, like I, you know, am probably right to move. You know what I mean? Or try to react. Even though it may not even, they might not even be coming towards me. Like a lot of times it's happened to me that someone's coming towards me and it's behind me, you know? And I'm like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like people walking behind you? Um, no, I don't sometimes, sometimes I do when somebody's like, like, I, I think it's from the sports thing, right? Like, you know, when somebody's like trailing, right, yeah, yeah. Mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just feel it. Yeah. Um, but if there's, if there's one thing I've noticed is that in, in a way you're, you're right. Like usually if you think something is what it is, right. Mm-hmm. If you think that person's like going to either approach you aggressively or, or maybe just looks off, right? Like not, people aren't trained assassins, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they kind of give themselves away mm-hmm. before you even have to guess, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's not always a bad thing. It's just, you know, you could just tell that they're thinking of something or they want to do something without them having to be super obvious about it, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people aren't also self-aware of like their mannerisms in itself either. Mm-hmm. Right. No, and some are. Like I've been surprised before. Like I've seen... Many times, like, people come up happy-go-lucky, and then, boom, you know, they switch on you. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I was going to say. It only takes one time. Right. right. Like, people could be cool 99% of the time. It only takes one to make me wary. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I also think um, I also think that, like, so I guess what I was trying to explain is, like, you ever, you ever catch yourself, like, looking at the phone? Mm-hmm. And then you're, like, and you think about your, like, facial positioning. And you're probably making, like, a super ugly face. You're mm-hmm. like. Right. But you'll stay in that face for like 30 minutes. I feel yeah. like people don't realize. Or watching TV. Right. Or they're doing something mm-hmm. awkward. Mm-hmm. People don't really realize like what they're doing, even when they're walking up to someone to talk to them, like, mm-hmm. which can, you know, alter somebody's perception of you, right? Immediately. Mm-hmm. But so you think that was like a lack of just awareness of the situation? That's what, it, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Either that or there was something else going on. Or it was and, like a know. secret drop off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to be a drug dealer so bad. <laughs> but it seemed like he was like a young cat. Mm-hmm. First of all, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> I think he was lost. I right. I think he was genuinely yeah. lost. You yeah. know? And look, 
I've been to Cuba a few times, right? I mean, I could tell he was Cuban, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, say mm-hmm. I could tell. Like, the situation is different over there. Like, I've been over there. I had a conversation with a dude in Guantanamo, right? And he was like, the way he was talking about Miami, he's like, yo, that shit is crazy out there, right? He's in Cuba, living in Guantanamo. Yeah. He's talking about how crazy Miami is because, mm-hmm. like, I can't believe they let you guys have guns. Is what yeah. he said. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, what we just saw, was probably that lack of awareness mm-hmm. of what that situation could have been right. for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that he just, like, rolled up innocently almost. Yeah, he didn't know if we were, were strapped or whatever. Right, 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 right. It probably wasn't even something he thought about, mm. which which is interesting. Like, we were, we were talking about this outside. Like, people in New York, like, if you grew up in a neighborhood in New York, right, where you were... I don't know what you were into, but if you were, like, fighting people or if you were just, like, not a pleasant person to be around and you would roll up on people, you were pretty comfortable knowing that that person may not have had a gun. Right. Here, it's just different. But like In the South, period. We got into like that point, though, man. Like, I didn't think... I, okay, so, yes, of course it occurred to me, yeah. but I was, like, probability not. Probability low, right? Like, this guy is not like he did, like... I mean, he turned around right in front of us. You know what I mean? Like, I know, but if that's he really wanted to do something, he probably would have driven all the way out, turn around the street, and then come straight back in. I will say this: in, I, you know I mean? don't know if you had the same feeling. <coughs> Once he rolled down the window, <coughs> I felt much better because I was like, "Oh, he's a that's kid." That's a kid. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. you know. But I was still like looking at him, like, "Yo, my man." You got to do better. <laughs> this ain't good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that's another reason we're nice I, guys, yeah. but like you know that could have been. That's that another been reason I was you, extra bro. nice is because I looked at your face and I was like, "Yo, let me go over here and mediate." This I, shit. I just I mean, wasn't yeah. trusting, dude. Yeah. Man, oh, you no. know what I mean? A good cop, bad cop situation played <clears throat> yeah. to the T by Dr. Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Visually yeah. assess the situation. Code green. Move on. I didn't break eye contact the whole time. Yeah, I saw you. I was watching you watching him. I was like, yeah. But I felt you, you know what I mean? Because my mind was where where yours was at. But at the same time, I thought what you did was mm. minus like the proximity of location. Like that's something that always makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I thought what you did was I couldn't see what was in his hand. I swear that's why I walked up. I was like, what is this fool got? In his yeah, because nobody puts their hands on 10 and 2 anymore. Right, right, right. He's too cool for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's way too cool for that. The two earrings gave him away. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that Odell Beckham haircut, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah. so much that Odell like. Haircut. It wasn't so much that I was like grilling him, but it's like, you've already broken several rules, my man. Like, right. as far as like. This ain't cool, bro. Like, you're rolling up super slow with the yeah. tent. You were like, like, we don't you, know you. You had a face of, like, half shock and half, like, anger. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was shocked that he even, like, di- I was shocked. I was shocked. like, I was are like, you really turning around, bro? Like, mm. And n- nothing about it was kosher, man. Yeah. I mean, you're just. I would have jumped in the dumpster if shit popped off. That's the truth, right? Or there. just diffused <laughs> him. You would have just grabbed his wrist with the gun. I mean, right. if I was close enough, and no, if I walked up and I saw he had a gun, like I would turn around and be like, "Run!" and jumped in the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I appreciate the candid honesty, though. I mean, it's funny because like you never really know what you. Most people don't. How right? you would react? Yeah, you don't know. I mean, like I'll tell you what: when somebody rolls up on me and they like make me flinch, like let's say they'll like pretend to hit me and they'll make me fl- fl- you know like a buddy. Like my first reaction is to. I, over time, it's changed. Before, I would be like, you know, I'd, I'd make a weird, like, gesture. Now, it's like, the first thing I want to do is just, like, repay them for whatever damage they're about to inflict on me. Hmm. So, but I have no idea what I would do in, in that kind of situation. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fake tough guy. I just have, 
Like I have no idea. It's terrible. It's scary to think even think about. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah. I I mean, like I mentioned it out there when we were talking shit. But like one of the times in Cuba, and not to harp on the Cuba shit, but you know, one of the other times that I went to Cuba, we were doing something in like a. It was like a deserted hotel. It was like this super beautiful hotel that hadn't been fucking used in like 40, 50 years. You know mm. what I'm saying? So we're like, we're in there and there's like a security guard that we had kind of bribed to let us go in there and film. And we were doing a whole piece on it and shit. Was it in disrepair or like? Not know? really. It was like a ghost hotel, okay, bro. That's like, what I wanted to know. Like yeah. still intact, but. Intact. What does disrepair mean? Like, you know, like. Growing trees on oh, the floor or some gotcha. shit like that, you know. Like nah, it was fairly. I mean, it needed some work, yeah. but you know, you could have gotten it up and running. Mm-hmm. But it was. It's just been fucking vacant. You know what I mean? It's just okay. been empty. It's like a ghost town. Uh, but there is like some uh, security guard that's in charge of it or whatever. So he let us in. We're filming, and uh, he comes up to uh, another security guard who knew what we were doing. Comes up and and he's like, "Yo." The cops are coming. And out there, the cops means, like, the military. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> so right. Like, yeah. There's no Havana PD. Nah, no, nah, there's no nah, middleman. Nah. It's you know? the military. <laughs> they cut guy. out the middleman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they were coming and shit. And, bro, we had to hide in a fucking broom closet. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the kind of... And, like, I'm listening to them walk by. I'm in a broom closet with a goddamn camera in my hand, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a bag full of evidence. Because I had a bag full of tapes of all the other documentaries that we've been doing in Cuba. One of them was, like an anti-Castro fucking group. Oh. Out there. I mean, there was like, I'm telling you, it oh would have been bad. Oh my God, that makes wow. me nauseous just thinking So that's that. the yeah. situation that I'm in, in a yeah. dark-ass broom closet, you know what I mean, with with the homie, me yeah. and the homie and shit. And like, bro, we listened to them walk by and, you know, eventually they, the security guard talked to them and shit and they left. Mm-hmm. Did you but, get, uh, I'm sorry, not to interrupt, no, no, but, no, but that I'm was sure. a situation where it's like, you really find out what you're made of. You right. know what I mean? Going back to what we were talking about, like, hundred percent. I really had. I was like, okay, this this could be it. Like, I made that decision in my mind. I was like, this could be it, dog. Right. And I just gotta live with whatever happens. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like you, I don't know, man. You set your, you like nail yourself down, and that's like, this is what it is, bro. And you just don't think about it, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, when you're chasing or when you're doing something that you love. I think it's. I think you're you're a little bit more comfortable making that kind of decision, hmm. right? It doesn't mean you're gonna love the outcome, but you're just like, okay, yeah. like I'm ready for whatever happens next. I don't know. I've had, I've had. I don't know if we're talking about the same thing, but I've had two guns pointed at me, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's a moment where you're kind of describing. But mm-hmm. I just remember thinking to myself, like, like I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't react scared. Like it was weird, you know. Like I actually reacted like whatever you know, fuck, yeah, you know like, what do you want like yeah. i reacted calm you know um one time was that time that i told you that i walked the guy through the house remember right that, right. that was one time and then it was another time wait too. a minute hold on yeah what happened so <laughs> i already told the story but i'll tell it again real quick um my first time rolling i'm having a rolling party at my yeah. house there's like 12 people there like 15 12 people whatever we're all fucked up this guy knocks on the door and he's like Hey, I know. And he's got a gun, right? He's got a gun. He, I open the door. He's like, what the, where the fuck is she? Like, blah, blah, waving the gun in my face, right? And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? And I try to, like, close the door, and he, like, pushed back. And I was like, oh, okay, hold on. I'm not going to be able to close the door on this dude, right? right. So I was like, whoa, 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 calm down. I was like, you know, what, who are you talking about? He's like, I know she's here. I know that bitch is fucking you or whatever. Like, talking about she was fucking somebody in the house, mm-hmm. right? 
But he said she's fucking you. Like, yeah, me, whatever. You know? <laughs> whoever, whoever. Yeah, the first person right. opened the door. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like about to get it, right? So I'm like, hold up, man. <laughs> so I, I, I was like, bro, I'm having a party. There's a lot. Everybody in there's fucked up. I'm fucked up. I'm like, she, whoever you're talking about is not in there. I'd be happy to walk you through the house, but you got to put the gun away. Like, I started talking yeah. to this dude. You know, I was fucked up. And he's like, all right. He's like, I'll put the gun away and I'll walk through the house so you got to show me the whole house or whatever and i was like all right cool so we started walking through the house everybody's like asking me like who is this person and then i'm walking through the house i'm like don't worry about it whatever right i'm walking it's my boy yeah. jimmy like. yeah <laughs> so i'm walking him through the house i show him every like un- open cabinets and shit like he's oh, really looking wow. for this girl right so we walk back downstairs walk out back outside and then um I ended up, like, I was fucked up, like I said. So I, we ended up talking for, like, 30 minutes about, like, decisions and shit. And I was like... <laughs> you changed that man's life. I yeah. swear. He walked away and he was like... He goes, man, you're right. I almost made a huge mistake. Like, I could have fucking gone to jail forever. Like, he's like, you're right. Blah, Dude. Blah. You know? And he walked away and I was like, all right, man. Peace, last you know? time we were here, the last thing I think I said about you was that you were a doctor. <laughs> now I know you're a doctor. No, nah, I don't... I don't Like, to me, again, I didn't... Like, I didn't freak out, you know? I was just mm. like calm about it i don't know why yeah yeah you, you learn about yourself in those situations yeah, yeah right? you do mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's also like i think you, you know when you see someone who's like about to do something awful mm-hmm. and it doesn't have anything to do with you as well right so you don't really have a dog in the fight minus like you're just your own humanity for wanting mm-hmm. this person to not like fuck up someone else's life their own life I, th- I think there's like a, mo- I think they call it a, like a moment of resolve. I th- a lot of people describe this feeling like when they're about to go skydiving too, where they're just like looking at the ground. They're like, you take if I step. die, I die. Like right. you're, you're just like, whatever happens. Right. Yeah. So I think for some people that's their reaction. Other people it's panic, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. fight or flight. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I went skydiving, it's, it's skydiving is a little bit different because it's, it's a professional, it's, you, it's kind of, it's much more controlled than someone who's emotionally unstable in, in the moment right and has yeah. a gun right? and it's something you're choosing to do also. exactly yeah. but not really because you it's don't think such so? no because it's such an ingrained fear it's fear is fear you know fear to right. survival uh, instinct is right. what it is no matter what situation so when you're looking down your body's telling you hell no don't yeah. jump out of this plane you know same thing as if you're looking down a gun and you, that survival instinct is right. the same thing you know so you have to kind of overcome that level yeah yeah I get what you're saying. To take that step. Yeah, I mean, so, I, like, I'll tell you what. When I saw the ground, right, mm-hmm. and we were, I don't know, what's the standard they take you? 13,000, 14, I don't know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the ground, and I remember feeling like, if this was it, this wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? Like, <laughs> and that's, I, I, I get what you're saying, how fear is, it, it doesn't, fear in your mind doesn't rationalize between a gun or mm-hmm. dying in, like, a adrenaline accident, right? It just... Mm-hmm. It's what it is, right? It's a certain chemical that fires off in your brain, or however, right? Like I don't know the scientific process, right. but An- adrenaline or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, your central nervous system or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. It, so this is so w- that's one time. Mm-hmm. Did you help him find the girl? So the girl, I, the girl had been there earlier. <laughs> she had left like <laughs> probably like an hour before he got there, and she was fucking somebody in there. But luckily she wasn't there. So I knew, I was like, yeah, let me walk it through. She wasn't here for sure. That's like another thing that I think about a lot is, and not not to say that I've been in a situation like that, but, mm-hmm. you know, you see movies, you hear shows, you, you know, you watch the news. Uh, you know, some people are driven to do certain things and whether that's like a mental health factor that I'm unaware of, but 
it's kind of scary. Like what mm. people feel like they need to do to rectify a situation or to get to, to the bottom of something. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I commend you for the way I you handled it, but I think that's the majority of like, you know, men killing women is like crimes of passion, right? Like I'm imagining like it's so yeah, it's not something you rationalize. That's right. it. I think it's to like your exactly. emotions drive you to that do that could happen like to that. almost anyone. Like yeah. this, you know, people snap sometimes, you know, yeah. especially when it comes down to your loved one and she's cheating on you or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's fucked up. It's, it's a, imagine that surprise hits you. You walk in one day. I mean, you yeah, snap, you're, I mean, you know? I think we've all done shit. Or is it just me? <laughs> but look, I think we've all done things based on emotion that you wouldn't do if you were, you know, thinking rationally, right? right. Or am I or am I alone here? No, because I've done some sure. crazy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't think you're alone. I think the the difference for me, for I'm just, I can only think about myself is just like, uh, not to say that I'm like a sociopath, but I guess like even from a young age, just like <laughs> that's my the first thing a sociopath would say. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> not, right. I mean, this smile is like all force. <laughs> so like my my mom at a very young age was like she's a very like logical individual, mm -hmm. right? So like, and she was the only person her and my grandma, and, you know, and she was the same, but she had a bigger fat like force in that or like a reinforcement, right? Like just to really think things through before you just act. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to take risks, but so I don't know. Like I, I, I've definitely done things like sports is somewhere where like my emotion has actually superseded my mm -hmm. logic, right? Like if someone hits me or hits somebody else that I care for, like, yo, I don't give, like, I don't give a shit, right? <laughs> like I'm, I'm coming after you, right? Like that's, that, that's my, my mentality. Throwing elbows. Right. It's just like, yo, mm -hmm. not necessarily an eye for an eye, but similar, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Hammurabi's code. Have you, has your headphones been down this whole time? Yeah. Like, have you not been able to hear yourself? No. Do you like it that way? I don't mind. Do you like it better this way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I didn't even know that. Your headphones were all the way down. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> now you can hear That's for me. That's for me. That was my job. I had one job. <laughs> so aren't we doing a recap? Best right. of uh, 2019? Yeah. What what's, do you want to start with? What's your favorite thing of 2019? That thing? Happened? Yeah, just in general. What do you mean? Thing? I mean, your favorite thing. Your favorite thing, bro. Your favorite thing. Was it Star Wars? Definitely. My not. favorite thing was Cancun. Cancun. My favorite thing of 2019. Nice. Was going to Cancun. Cool. On the honeymoon. With the wife. Somebody's getting lucky. <laughs> what, because I said that? Somebody got the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or did you mean like entertainment-wise? No, just in general. Favorite thing. Okay. What was your Can't favorite come. thing of 2019? I mean, there was a lot of good things that happened. Um, from a business perspective, I don't think I could choose one. Just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's so ridiculous to say, but this year, I probably got the chance to be on a plane more. Mm -hmm. than any other year right if i think about the last 12 months and travel to me is like number one that's awesome yeah so yeah. i'm very super grateful where for did that. you go yeah. um in the last 12 months you know i went to la new york multiple times i actually didn't leave the country okay. and i mean i'd much rather leave the country because i think that that's like priceless mm -hmm. but I just like being in and out of airports i like the just uh, the traveling grind right and that's I don't know if anybody will ever repeat that again. Like, people hate traveling, mm -hmm. but I loved it. Yeah, they need to invent teleportation, although I'm not sure I'd be the first customer. But because plane travel, like, to the other side of the world is 
ridiculous. It's uncomfortable. Not, yeah, it's yeah. really uncomfortable. Yeah. Or we, maybe if we can afford a private jet if we all pitch in. I guess <laughs> yeah, then, it, even then, then it would be overcrowded. Yeah, even then. Well, <laughs> he, here's the other thing, right? Like, I, I also travel much different than I think, m- like, the majority of people I know. When I went to go live in Germany, I only took a book bag and, uh, like, a duffel bag. Mm-hmm. Like, a very small duffel bag. Yeah. Right. When I go tra- when I go to like New York for the weekend, when I'm lucky enough to do that, or yeah, how that plane rides like twelve hours, right, to Germany? Uh, nine. Nine. nine yeah, yeah, it's a long flight. Yeah. Yeah, but usually imagine f- seventeen. Imagine twenty four hours flying. I've never done. I've yeah. never done anything past ten. Yeah. When you go to the Orient, that's crazy. Is to that me. still the right term? <laughs> it's not, I, mean, I think you're pushing the PC boundaries <laughs> there, my friend. It's not the Orient anymore. I don't, I don't know, man. Let's I'm just glad say you Asia. said it, though. I mean, it's funny that you even yeah, gave a shot. You I know? appreciate like, it. This is why I do a show with the guy. Oh, anyway. What was your favorite thing of 2019? The puppy. The what? The puppy. The puppy. Yeah. That's a good uh, answer, uh, too. Yeah. That's a good puppy. Yeah. Traveling, the puppy, yeah. and traveling. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, like, think about it, though. Like, traveling is the closest. Getting on a plane and just entering another time zone is the closest thing we have to Mm -hmm. uh, time traveling, right? Like, you just show up somewhere, and it's six hours ahead or three hours ahead or behind, right? Right. It it blows my mind. Also, like, I think the fact that I don't take luggage. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't remember the last time I checked a a bag that I didn't voluntarily have to check, like, at the gate. Like, oh, that's miserable. I'm the opposite, man. You take too much? like, six pairs of shoes and shit (laughs) for, like, a week-long trip. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wear the same shoes twice now. (laughs) When I moved to New York, I sold everything I owned. Sold my car, my computer, everything. I just had a laptop. I just went to New York with some clothes and a laptop. Did you know where you were going to stay? I stayed at my sister's house for, like, the first month while I looked for a place. Gotcha. And no, and I, I, no job and no nothing. No, I, I mean I had money saved up. Gotcha. So yeah. Okay. Where d- where did your sister live? Astoria. Oh, Astoria, Queens. Queens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You and like Action Bronson just hanging out on, on I mean, weekends. Something just gave me the you know the urge to bump Action Bronson and Mob Deep while I was while <laughs> I was there. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Right. Yeah. What was this? St- how long ago was this? 2011, 2012. Okay. I, I mean, because I know Astoria is is one of those hotbeds in. In Queens, it's changed a lot. Yeah, gentrification. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, definitely, definitely gentrified, but um, also just very family oriented. From yeah. my understanding, I haven't spent. I've I've maybe passed through Astoria twice. I have a friend who who lives in uh, in Flushing, mm-hmm. you know. But I, it's just I heard it's just changed so much. But I have no idea what it was like. I was, you know, right. it's nice. I mean, I don't know Astoria before my sister moved in there. Yeah. So, like, our example as far as I've known, it's nice. Yeah. Our example of that is Wynwood, I would say, um, which we all know, you know, we were talking about that with Triple Z, about going there before was dangerous. Yeah. And now it's like, not walk while you sip tea, you know? All right. Well, I would say, I would say if, if, if we're going to talk about New York. That's Williamsburg. Yeah, I would say yeah. Williamsburg, Williamsburg is yeah. Wynwood. Yeah. It's okay. way more Brooklyn? extreme, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I think what Wynwood was what? Like, it was almost like a textile district, right? It was mm-hmm. a bunch of warehouses. Um, yeah, and then, like, empty lots and shit like that, you know, and, like, right. fucking abandoned buildings. and Right. And then Tony Goldman and, and those boys came through, mm-hmm. and next yeah. thing you know, you got Joe and the Juice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that ad nauseum, though, how, mm. how uh, Wynwood is basically just a, co- a copy of Williamsburg, you know? Mm-hmm. I oh, call 100%. It, it's the Epcot Center version of Williamsburg. Because yeah. it's, yeah, because oh, it's micro. More Sasson. Yeah. yeah. Sasson. You go to Epcot and it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm in Japan, and, but you're not really in Japan. No, you know? no. When you go to Winwood, it's like, oh, I'm, I am I'm in, in BK. Williamsburg, and then it's like, not really. But I, so I love, I love Winwood, but I also think about Winwood and how much it stresses me out to drive on Second Avenue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me super uncomfortable. Yeah, going to Art Basil is fucking <sighs> annoying, bro. I hate Art Basil. <laughs> All right, so movies then. All right, best movie of 2019. Gotta be Endgame for me. Endgame. Yeah. Endgame. Drop an explosion. Nah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Endgame, really? Yeah. Did it drop in 2019? I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. 2019. Yeah. Um, you were. What, what did you like so much about Endgame? For me, the it was just visually like the culmination of all the comic books I read growing up. You know, like to see that big battle scene at the end for me was very nostalgic. I really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, I'm sure I'm going to see other movies like The Irishman. And, you know, I didn't watch The Joker. I didn't watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, you know, those type of movies, as impressive as they are also, are not visually. It's not something that my retina and my brain can actually accept as cool looking. Mm. That technology hasn't existed until now. you know, And it's finally to a point where it's like, wow, this actually looks good. And it's like my childhood in a movie. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. I thought Infinity War was so much better. Yeah. Than Endgame. Yeah. I like them both. I mean, they're both. Do one. you look at them as like one one thing? No, I look at them separately. Okay. Yeah. And did you prefer Endgame? Yes. Really? Yes. I preferred it. It was just silly. I know the time travel and the Hulk and all that. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, I, I thought it was I good. I don't know? necessarily think it was silly. Like it to me, when it comes to science fiction comic books like of course like you know the thing with star wars that we were talking about before that i won't mention on air uh that's like wild because it's it's not supposed to be i won't even get into it but with but with (laughs) but with like comic (laughs) books uh, you kind of get that that pass um a a little bit more and i'm okay with it like Mm -hmm. i don't look at those things and say that's a bad idea or that's dumb right Right, so I, I could see why. Yeah, you don't watch it the same way you'd watch Mean Streets or Taxi Driver. Right, yeah. exactly. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. But it's like I still, even within the context of your bullshit, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know that Star Wars <laughs> is about fucking lightsabers and people battling through space and these fucking airplanes that have wings, mm-hmm. even though they're flying in zero gravity in space. Yeah, right. Why the fuck do they have wings? It's about the aerodynamics. <laughs> yeah, come on, son. Um, I, I understand, like, I'll accept that, but, like, give me some logic within the context of that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I have problems with, like, the end games and the... and and the new Star Wars. Uh, you know I don't what mean? logic. Like it, what it's got to make like sense as far as like the story that's been established. You no, know? I mean that doesn't make sense because it, Star Wars doesn't have logic. You know what I mean? It's it should though. Uh, it should have a certain logic though. Like, why should it? Because it's what makes it like successful. Well, let me ask you a question. What in Endgame was illogical? The time travel. Everything was pretty logical. <laughs> but like, what what made you like? Right now, you feel a certain feeling. Yeah, and the, I ti- the time travel. The time travel. The time yeah. travel. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah, it was weird. 
Like it was like it's like, like I can't accept a lot of it. But you know what Marvel's great at is they're gonna follow each one of those threads. You know what I mean? And I love that about what they do. You know, they so far they've done a great job of explaining everything. You know, in a comic book type of way. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're not time travel's not real. Right. There's no talking raccoons. But the point is, you know, they've done their best to explain things. You know, and I think they've done a good job. And time travel doesn't make sense in general, like in any movie. Of course. Of course it doesn't. Right. Look, to not shit on Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, let me tell you what I liked about Infinity War. Yeah. I love that it was that the villain was the fucking main character in the movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like Thanos, even though his plan is to kill half of all living things and shit, you felt why he wanted to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's true. And And like, you know, that's hard to do with a villain and especially a fucking CGI, CGI villain. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. you can feel Josh Brolin's uh, performance, like going, still going through the CGI, you know? Right. So I loved Infinity War. And I just felt like Endgame was like, look, the last chapter is never going to be the best chapter in anything. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the best Star Wars? Empire Strikes Back. That's what everybody says, right? right. It's not Return of the Jedi. It's not the last one. Right. I agreed. It's, yeah, it's Empire. It's the middle one. Right. The last chapter is never going to be as good because once you go through the beginning and the middle, you already have a, whether you know it or not, you have a preconceived notion of what you want the ending the to be. The third act, so to speak, you know it's going to be the hero wins. It's Someone's going to be disappointed by the ending, no matter what you do. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, impossible. To, yeah, you're right. true. People determine what they want People when they see the chapter that they love the most, yeah. I think. Like if you lo- if you if you have some sort of a- a- attachment or emotional investment, whatever the ending is, I would say not not to say that it won't appease you, right? But it's not always going to be what appeases everybody. Right. Yeah. It's just it's impossible. What about right? Inception? Everybody loves the ending to Inception. Everybody loves the. It ending depends on how you think, right? So in my mind, right, the mm-hmm. way I absorbed it was that he's back in reality and and he was able to come back into the States and all that other shit, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the thing falls or whatever. But some people are, like, super pessimistic. They're like, no, he's he's still dreaming. Right. I'm like, yo, fuck you. That's the cool thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's ambiguous. Right. What's what's the best ending to a movie? Off off top. Real quick. What's the best ending? Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises? That's a great ending. I hate that movie. That's a great ending. That is a good ending. That's a great ending, bro. When, when he sees Alfred, oh man, that, yeah, chills, chills. <laughs> and 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 you know what? I read a. Uh, you would pr- probably you probably saw this off rip, but when Rob or Joseph, Gor- jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt when he goes into the cave, if you notice the way he goes in, it's like a rough landing, uh-huh. and Robins have rough land. They they're, they're not like as smooth as like as a bat, a cr- or or a bat or a crow or whatever, mm-hmm. like any other type of bird. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have rough landings. They're right. s- they're sometimes very abrupt. And it was like perfect, and he That's walks dope. up, and then the, you think the he thought about that, or you think this guy just messed up? I mean, it could have been either or. I read yeah. it, I you know, I would have never picked up on that by myself, but I, I read it, and I was like, wow, like hmm. I, I. But I wouldn't be surprised if Christopher Nolan thought about that. Yeah, yeah. I if I was him, either. I'd be like, yeah, I thought about that. Even, <laughs> Even if, if he I didn't, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's known for great endings because you say Dark Knight Rises, I say I say Batman I Begins when they show the Joker card, right. Yeah. When they show the Joker card and Batman begins, like, that's the most excited I've been yeah. for an ending in a long time, bro. But, you know, the one that I really wanted to say was uh, Good Will Hunting. 
Oh yeah. That's when a Ben great Affleck idea. knocks on Homie's door and he realizes mm. that he's not there, Gets yo, chills, yeah. bro, chills. Gets you that's a, such a great ending. Man. And he he writes a letter right to to Robin Williams, and he's like, I, I gotta go see about a girl. Yeah, and he's like, that yeah. motherfucker stole my yeah. So I'm a sucker for like uh, a good story, and I love um, Meet Joe Black. I okay. love that ending to that movie. Like, uh, I don't know, not a good story, like an emotional story. You know what I mean, that was a long ass movie. I like that. That's movie. one with Brad Pitt and then uh, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Death, right? right? He plays yeah. Death. Right. Yeah, I saw that when it first came out. I don't remember yeah. the ending though. That ending gets me every time. I actually, I've I've seen maybe thirty seconds of the whole movie. It's good. It's worth watching. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I like I'd, it. I'd also say Godfather. The end mm-hmm. of the first Godfather when uh, Kay is watching. You know what I'm saying? Right after he lies to her. Do you know what I'm talking about? She's like, "Have you ever killed anyone or some shit like that?" And he he's like, "This is the one time I'm going to let you ask me about my business." And uh, she asks him, and he says, no, he lies. And then he gets pulled away to the room, and she's just watching. And this is when she realizes that he's a mob boss at the very end of the movie, right? He gets pulled away to the, to the room. He's surrounded by all these people. And then someone comes and closes the door on her while she's watching. And then it, it mm. goes to black. Fucking beautiful. That's ending. how the movie ended? Yes. yes. I need to go back and watch that movie. I thought she knew when, when, when Michael was, like, beating her. You know, in that room, or I don't know whose house they were at, or what hotel they were at. Mm-hmm. I thought she already knew, but she's ha- she had doubts throughout the whole movie. She should have known. Her their house got shot up. A bunch of shit happens, right. you know. And he told her as much when they're at the wedding, and he's telling her everything that his father does and everything, you know. Yeah. But it's like she needed to like she needed that moment to finally realize, to know. you know. And so like she he's like, this is the first time I'm going to allow you to ask me about my business. And when and she does ask him finally, like outright. And he lies to her. He says no. And then he gets pulled away and the door closes behind her. It's just like, it's poetic, bro. Yeah. Mm. It's a great ending, man. I mean, I think most people would laugh at this, but my favorite movie of 2019 and one of my favorite endings of all time is Lion King. Okay. Talk okay. about the biggest That's payoff your f- on and, Earth. and your favorite movie of 2019? The remastered version? I haven't seen the, the, uh, I've seen the live action, right? Yeah. It's... It, it's fucking biblical man you know what i mean i i cried yeah i laughed yeah. you know like all the emotions that i had at three four ten whatever right but think about lion king that's timeless is like the story of i think if you're if you're a minority you relate to it if you were a fa- from a family of immigrants you relate to it like you you relate to the odds being against you you relate to family being very mm-hmm. conniving Disney's good at that. They hit yeah. those like universal themes, you mm-hmm. know, especially like the the Disney classics, the Lion Kings, the Aladdins, and stuff. They hit all those universal themes that could basically be understood all over the world. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's one of the things it. they do best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there, there's just something about you know, I think I think I relate to it the most because you know I grew up with uh, uh, internally. I mean, you know, I relate to it. You know, single single mother, mm-hmm. right. Family, fam, family was driven by a woman. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, yeah. So, you, so you, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. ingrained. And then I've, o- I've also had an uncle, who I'm like, yo, that guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? He never hurt me in any way. Or uncle Scar. Any. Yeah. There's, there's just certain family members that I'm also just as wary of as well, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. speaking of being wary of people, yeah, family yeah. members are number one on that list. Wow. No, I'm, I'm like, I guess I'm very like. Uh, a target because i'm not really that wary most of the time you know i mean i don't think it makes you a target i think it, it's all about perspective right it's, yeah. it's just how you choose to see it i mean you know families are are really great in movies but yeah. in real life they're yeah. usually more dysfunctional so okay uh 
How old were you when you were watching The Lion King? The, the first time? Yeah. My earliest memories are when I was four. Four. So I, th I, I was, uh, so you were very young, like three to yeah. four years old. Okay, see, if that's you probably have like a huge emotional attachment to Gigantic. it. Gigantic. Right. I saw it too. I thought it was good, but I liked the cartoon better. I thought the cartoon was better. So I think there's... So it's kind of like a f when when a rapper comes out and they have a great debut album. Like there's nothing mm -hmm. that replicates that debut album, right. but right. you come close, right? And you have something that are classics and and are wonderful in their own right. And I think they did a really good job given like what they were trying to do. Yeah. The one thing I didn't get was how like his scent or his hair or his mane got to Rafiki. Mm -hmm. You know how like it went through. Like a giraffe ate it, and then the giraffe uh, pooped, and then like the ant eater like pushed the poop. You know what I mean? Right. And then all of a sudden he finally got it, and instead of it just like flowing science. across the Serengeti and, and it gets to Rafiki, that's, that's Lion King science. Everybody, that's Lion when, King when science. you see it, you're just gonna be like, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, but have you guys ever seen? I've skipped all the Disney live action remakes so far. Have it, you ever seen um, Saving Mr. Banks? No, no. Like, um, that's a Disney movie that is really good, like you said, at hitting all the notes. Mm -hmm. But the story isn't like their typical Disney story, right? It's actually about the people who wrote um, Mary Poppins. Mm -hmm. So it's about the writing of that of that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really good. It's Tom Hanks and I forget who else. Okay. Miss yeah, but they're Mr. really Banks. good at hitting all those notes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what Disney also does is, um, there's, there's a term for it, is when it's... When it actually tries to relate to a biblical story, is it alle allegorical or mm. uh, or an allegory? Yeah, they do a really good job at that. I mean, they they try to teach a lesson, and I don't know if that's you know a marketing design since Alligator. the thirties. <laughs> well, it's just that the Bible is that good at at what it does. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what it is. I don't even think they're trying to replicate the Bible. I just think that's the point of the Bible. The point is to communicate all these themes and values, right? And the best way to do that is through story. Mm -hmm. Give you like a moral compass through through a story. Yeah, right. That's the genius of the Bible. It's that it's right. a story. That's that's the genius. We should it. start our own religion. <laughs> <laughs> I want no part of that. <laughs> man. We just take the best parts of each religion and make our own religion. Love it. Yeah. So I, yeah. you guys so are witnessing the birth or listening to it. I'm, I'm completely. I have. I want nothing to do with. I this. mean, I yeah. w I would love to watch All you right. do it, but I want. I'm, I'm. You're bowing on. Yeah, too? like watch yeah, is the key word there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. from a like, distance. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. safe distance. But All judging right. what you did with that kid outside, I get why you want to be close to the action. I mean, I'm ordained already, so I guess I'm leading this party. <laughs> right. No, that was you had the the hand of God. You were like, yeah, I'm approaching this car. That, ha that happened in 2019, guys. <laughs> so my favorite movie of 2019, I think was The Irishman. The Irishman. Okay. Yeah. Great movie. It's, it's got to be between it's that. It's good. It's between that and Joker. Tell you, you what. Know? You know me. You know that I have a short attention span. I watched this movie. I watched the whole thing all at once. Like, not in sections like you thought I would. <laughs> like, you suggested I would like a school child. He's the type of dude that brags about, like, reading a whole book. I'm not bragging. <laughs> I'm just pointing like, bro, out I read you, the whole thing. It, it is possible <laughs> for me to be an adult sometimes. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, so I watched the, the movie, and I've been wanting to watch it again ever since. You know, like, okay, yeah, like yeah. I just had this urge to watch it again. Like it was, I, and that means to me that it was good. You know, interesting. Yeah. The movie I've watched the most this year is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've seen it three times now. Okay, yeah. and I Same. still don't know how I feel about it, man. Yeah. So yeah. I saw it three times, and I, I loved it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I did. I thought it was, I mean, again, I think the reasons why I like movies are. 
for me they're great but i think for other people they're just like what you know what the fuck are you talking about but like you know my my experiences with california and my experiences with just the good energy i've always had i don't like i said i don't I, I think i told you this earlier i don't think i've had one bad experience in california i've been lucky enough to go there multiple times right yeah and and i do love something about the idea of watching every individual has like this a scene where they're in a car or most individuals have a scene when they're in the car and they're going somewhere and they're doing something and I think you said it best earlier. They're hanging out with this character, mm-hmm. and for me, it gave me like I, I got to build a relationship with who they were before the gigantic climax at yeah, the end. Yeah, and Tarantino is one of the few mm-hmm. filmmakers that has the luxury to do that in such an expensive movie. You know, like yeah. where yeah. the studio is not going to tell them, "Hey, you need to you need to cut this down." They're like, "No, this yeah. is Quentin Tarantino. We're lucky to have him." You know, yeah. he's one of the few guys that can do that. But I thought that's what you said was missing for you, what he just described. You know, like, yeah, I yeah. think it I think the movie's a good example of what happens when a director has too much power mm-hmm. and he has no one around to check him. And right. he was like, cuz I, I was watching the special features and you know those fake TV shows that he did like where Leo's in or whatever, like oh, those like made uh, Bounty Law, Bounty Law, yeah. and all that stuff. Like he shot almost full episodes of that shit, and they're in the special features and mm. shit. And like that shit didn't make it into the movie, you know what I mean? But he's got like almost full edited episodes, yo. And you're like, damn, that homie, costs a lot. It's you were spending yeah. all that time doing that shit when you could have been like expanding the Manson family and doing other shit that would have actually served the story, you know. Mm. But that's me being nitpicky. I love yeah. everything Quentin Tarantino does. Yeah. You know what I mean? I also think that it's uh, it kind of reminds me, and I think Entourage is the best thing on earth, right? So it reminds you <laughs> me of, of Billy Walsh when he was directing Medellin. Nobody was there to tell him don't yeah, do that. Exactly. He wasn't yeah. going to listen to E, yeah. right? Right. And what you get, you got a, like an hour long of Sofia Vergara before <laughs> she was Sofia Vergara. Right. right. Yeah. How, who can focus, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that, that was my problem with, I think it was a little overindulgent and... Um, yeah, it could have been a little more focused, but then again, that's how I felt about The Irishman a little bit. Like I, I think it's a good movie, but uh, I felt like I it was just a there. little bit yeah, overindulgent. Yeah, I disagree. I, disagree. I, I thought think, it was. I think everything in that well movie was good. necessary. Yeah. Was necessary. Yeah, I, I disagree strongly. I, I'm actually referring to the actors and the acting in it, even though I thought there. You like thought Joe, they hammed it up, is what you're saying. You thought it was I'm too spe- like hammy. I'm specifically talking about. Um, Al Pacino, more than anything. You thought he hammed it up too much? A little bit. He was fucking brilliant. He was man. great, yeah. especially that scene not with too him much. and Joe Pesci. Not like, not like an album. <laughs> that scene was amazing, bro. When he goes, when he said, you know, maybe you're coming off a little as disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And Pacino just goes, and he looks at him like. When they're yeah. at the awards? Yeah. 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 I thought that Frank Pesci, Sharon appreciation I thought Pesci night. was, wow. Frank. Pesci was, wow. I mean, I, for him, my level of respect went up a lot, you know, but yeah. yeah. Pesci is interesting though, right? Because he's done a lot of things that are, you know, classic, you know, Scorsese movies, right? Where he, where he is a mobster and he is a killer. The hothead. He was the hothead. He's the guy who snaps. Yeah. And then he, he also had, you know, lethal weapon and my cousin Vinny and, and, and home alone and home alone. Right. <laughs> he, he had like such a gigantic range and yeah. then he just went away. Yeah. He just stopped. Right. Yeah. Because he wanted to, because he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. And he showed that he is, Probably better now than it's probably ever been. Yeah, for me. Yeah, Goodfellas. Did you say Goodfellas? That's what. I, uh, yeah, the yeah. Scorsese classics. Yeah. Also, Raging Bull, man. Yeah, yeah. that's a, a performance that he barely gets credit for, man. Raging Bull. He's I fucking great seen that movie, that. but but I don't think it's because time. it's not a good movie. I think it's just people look at him as like part of the Scorsese family, right? That like, was Scorsese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Raging Bull was Raging Scorsese. Bull was I didn't Scorsese. Know that. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. 
Raging Bull was the movie that saved Martin Scorsese. He had just had a cocaine overdose. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thought he was going to... I mean, he almost died. You know, he was in the hospital. He wasn't even thinking about making films anymore. And De Niro brought him the book. That's and he's dark. like, I think this is the one that, that we need to do. That's and dark, man. He read it. He like... It's so scary, man. Yeah. These Hollywood types are so dark. <laughs> <laughs> but that goes behind... That's like the lore of it, you know? Right. It kind of like adds to the value of the actual movie. It's the lore behind it, you know? Like, oh, that's the movie that saved Scorsese and shit. It's like... That's I, marketing, man. I also think The Irishman was... The whole, all the technology behind it that took to show them progressing through their lives, mm-hmm. you know, with their, with their facial features and stuff. Like that. I thought it was spot on, and I thought that De Niro. That's didn't another look, thing. You didn't like, no, or you liked, like that that whole deep fake thing in general. I thought it was well done, mm-hmm. but it distracts me because the whole time I'm looking for it. I'm like looking at it, like, hmm, yeah, that looks good. That looks good. And I'm looking, yeah, but it takes you out of the story, you know, like the fact that you're even thinking about that. You know, so yeah, I mean, I get, I get that, but for yeah. me, I was, uh, I guess, I, I had seen, I had already seen a couple of trailers. Like, I'd already seen De Niro with the blue eyes, and right. I'd seen him as a younger man, and I'd seen him really old. So my mind was kind of like, okay, I don't, I, I don't know much about Frank Sheeran, minus the fact that he was involved with Jimmy Hoffa some way somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was it, right? So for me, I, w- I was able to dedicate time to the story, and I thought the story was spot on. I think everything that was in yeah. the story was necessary and. Made sense. I, there was no other way that you could make that movie without it being almost three hours long. No, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I thought yeah. the movie was good. I didn't think direc- direction-wise there was anything in there that was superfluous, you know. But I thought acting-wise it was a little bit too much on Pacino, or, or yeah, it was like a little too flamboyant or something like that. And then on De Niro's end, I thought that he resorted to a lot of his like, you know, tricks. A lot of his like things that he has in his pocket. I didn't think he really stretched himself on the on the acting role you know but whatever well i'm mean, I, I also it's my opinion I, I well i think i think de niro was great but I, I get no totally respect the opinion but i think de niro was great i think pacino i don't think he's hamming it to me if you like watch interviews with like jimmy harf on the like the jimmy carson show yeah. or whatever like he's flamboyant he's guy. A, yeah he's yeah. very much like the character and like you know the the hair. You know, like the square. Almost, it's like almost like a gigantic mohawk, right? Like all of the <laughs> right, sides are super right, short, right. right? Like I thought he did a really good job, and his moments of just, uh, just anger. You mm. know, I, I I've never seen Jimmy Hoffa upset, but I can imagine that somebody who's as flamboyant when they're happy could be as like just trying to tear someone down when they're when they're angry and charismatic too like right. you watch the movie and you could tell why people love him so much you know what i mean like he was super charismatic dude hmm. i thought it was great man another movie we should mention that came out this year was joker you know yeah and, and the reason even if you haven't watched the movie like you just have to mention the fact that these guys made a 55 million dollar movie and they fucking made a billion dollars off it right like this is Maybe the biggest triumph in movie history. I'm honestly. still confused if 55 million includes marketing, also. No, but still, no. it's 50, just the cost of making the movie. Yeah, okay. A 55 million dollar, pr- but still, you, you put the marketing like let's say it doubles, you still yeah. went 10 times your fucking no, budget. I don't even think they spent that much on marketing. A lot of it was word of mouth from winning festivals yeah. and things like that, you know. So, well, I mean, the, you know, you also have a super strong lead actor, right? Oh yeah, like, Joaquin is awesome. Well, it was lightning in a bottle. That's why I'm I'm a little wary about, you know, part two. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was yeah. lightning in a bottle. A little weary. Like I'm. I know it's not going to be good. But also, you like, haven't even seen part one. Uh, you don't. Need, you're not even allowed to have an opinion. Of course, this. I can have an opinion. <laughs> so I haven't even seen part one. Part bro. two sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it already <laughs> sucks. Yeah, it sucks. It's yeah. terrible. Don't go watch it. So I don't I, even make it. I haven't seen it yet either. But what I do know about it, just because I'm a Batman fan, right? So mm-hmm. where does this go with? What happens with Robert Pattinson? Does it, it even doesn't. intersect? It's no, standalone. Right? Yeah, it's okay. a standalone movie. That movie I'm worried about, too. I'm very worried in general for the future. Yeah, of but that's not 2019. DC. That'll come out. That'll come out. Yeah. Next year. yeah. You're worried about DC in general? Yeah. They're doing way better than they were, man. That's true. They like, recovered after. Well, what about Shazam? Didn't that come out last year or something? That but was. that did well. Shazam? That movie did well. Yeah. yeah. That movie did yeah. well. I'm not a fan I was surprised that by that, too. They're getting a sequel. Yeah. So, but but I, I know what you're saying because still to me, and this is like, again, super boiled down to a marketing and branding problem. When you th- when I think about DC, I, and, I'm, and I'm assuming that's why you're saying what you're saying is, I think about Donna Justice. Mm-hmm. And I think about Ben Affleck. And I think about Batman versus Superman. I'm like, you know, my eyes widen with fear, but mm-hmm. I'm also a believer that things can change. Right. But you're talking about the Zack Snyder era. Right. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Right. And things have turned around ever since. Yeah. Right. Ever since Justice League, like, things have turned around for DC. Now they're doing Wonder Woman 2. Aquaman did well for them. The previews for 1984 look good. Who mm. shot uh, hmm. Aquaman? J- James Wan. James they're doing yeah. Aquaman 2, you said? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know if they're doing Aquaman 2. Oh, I hated Aquaman 1. I yeah, did see I, it, but I thought I that... That was basura. What's his name was cast... I thought like Jason the first, Yeah, I think he's perfect for the role. I mean, it's a good way to bring in the women. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to bring Spot in the women. On. Yeah. Because Aquaman's like that guy that got made fun of a lot. That's why they did him in, in Entourage. It was kind of a spoof of, right. the, of the superhero genre. You remember so they when they picked bring like out the, co- the silliest one? Yeah. Do you remember the costume? Oh, yeah. That bright shit. <laughs> With like the flare. Yes. Yeah. Or he's like, it's going to look totally different on, on the camera. It's like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, but it's also like he uh, like the action figures too, like the old action figures. He has like the white hair and the trunks yeah. and... And you're just like, what's... Nobody was fucking with Aquaman. Like, that's the one you kind of push to the side, you know? Yeah. That's the toy you kind of push to the Nobody side. Nobody wanted to be Aquaman when he dressed up. And no, shit. hell no. <laughs> no. No way. No shot. I mean, I, I'll say this. Like, I do think that things can change. I do think that DC, we, we talked about this last time, like, the biggest advantage they have is the villains. Yeah. Right? The villains I mean, right. can be... Proof is the Joker, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I think they should play to the darker side of all their characters. Absolutely. Think about the fact that the Joker made more money than Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Made more money. That's crazy. Pound for pound made more money yeah. Yeah. and was shot for like a quarter of the budget. Yeah. And we're talking about a movie with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, bro. Mm-hmm. And let's also think about the names, right? Ben, Henry, right. Cavill, and... Yeah. Um, Gail Gadot. And Homeboy right. from Social Network, too. Right. Like, it had some fucking stars in that movie. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, that's true. And and fucking, they made, Joker made more money than that. Yeah. Now, honestly, if we're talking about, like, the movie of 2019, mm-hmm. objectively, it's the Joker. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's, it's like, I think the Irishman beat it as far as, like, my favorite. But the movie of, of 2019 is the Joker. I'm There's surprised no- to hear you say that. Well, I mean, so, let me ask you this. Say you which s- part. To the- that the Irishman beat it out for you. Yeah, I liked it that much. Mm-hmm. I liked it that much. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you so do you think that when you look at it objectively, does it beat it out because of the financial 
factor because it made more like it made such a significant profit in contrast to how much no, it costs. No, he's saying Irishman beats it out. No, no, no like, he's saying he's saying like my oh, personal yeah. preference, but I think objectively, if you if like the movie that yeah. defines 2019 has to be the Joker. You know what I mean? Because yeah. oh, like yeah. the financial, but not only that, it's the risk. Like now, in hindsight, of course it made money, but when they're you know when he's pitching the movie to the studio, right? We're gonna do a villain. You know what I mean? It's going to be a low-budget movie. It's not going to have Batman in it. Mm-hmm. This has never been done, dude. I mean, you could say they did it with Venom. You know what I mean? But, like, this wasn't even a special effects also, movie. Also, Venom didn't... Uh, did it do well? It did do well. It in, did do in well? In China. Yeah, they're making oh. part two. Yeah, it did well in China. I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I thought... I didn't like it. it that, didn't, that's why I thought it didn't yeah. do well. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't do well domestically. Okay. But China kind of saved it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so so, like, Joker was a risk. Mm-hmm. For the filmmaker, it was a risk for the studio. It was risk for everyone, and they mitigated that risk by going low budget. You right. know what I mean? Right. So they're like, yeah, we'll give you a little $50 million. Go ahead and try He it. got to, like, sneak through the back door, yeah. make that movie, and, like, let me tell you, a successful 300 mil would have been successful. Mm-hmm. Right. The fact that he hit a billion right. is insane. It's just, like, perfect timing, too, perfect storm. Like, it's having to do with mental health issues and time right. where that's, like, a really hot-button topic, you know, so... Yeah. And Joaquin giving a performance so great that you could tell it was a great performance just from watching the trailer. Right. You yeah. watch the trailer, you're like, oh, shit, this dude killed it. Yeah, you I watched the I mean? trailer, and I was like, oh, shit, I for sure don't want to watch this, which means he did a good <laughs> job. You know what I mean? Also, another thing is, like, when you, and this sounds, this is much, uh, like, on a smaller scale, but I think it affects more people, right? When you do something that makes something small so famous, like mm-hmm. a, a staircase mm-hmm. in the fucking, it's in the Bronx, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. like right. when you can, oh, ha- yeah. when you have people flocking mm-hmm. from all over the world, not the country, the world, to go take a fucking picture on a staircase. Right. You've done something to 8 billion, 6 billion, whatever, however many people yeah. there are. So affect, point, right? affect the zeitgeist for sure. So like what are the lessons that DC and Warner Brothers should learn from the success of Joker, like I think lightning in a bottle. I don't think there's really a lesson to be learned. You know? I, I but think there, there has is. to, from a business standpoint, I, you, yeah. you bet your that's ass the they're problem. analyzing that. That shit. thinking is what fucks everything up. It's I like, know, yeah, I know. But but that's what I'm saying. That like, what can they learn? Like, because they can also learn give the filmmaker a little bit of money and let him do his own thing. Right. That's also a lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily have to be a X's and O's kind of thing. Right. You know? So actually I would, I would probably go to the detail of like how you shoot it. Right. So I think what made Batman begins the dark Knight and dark Knight rises so good is that you felt like you could live in that city. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was a very realistic setting. Right. The Joker is a very realistic setting. Right. Mm-hmm. I think you should do that. Number one. For, for me, right? That's like the first thing That's I think about. That's a good about. point. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I would counter to this. It works for Batman and Joker, but is that realistic setting going to work for Green Lantern? Is it going to work for The Flash? That's you a know great point I mean? too, right? Like that, I, I didn't even think about that. Like I think the feel needs to match the character. And I think that was the problem with like Man of Steel, right? Like a, They I tried to do a dark Superman movie. Superman's not a dark character but they succeeded like Like, i like man of steel a lot of people like man of steel i thought man of steel i liked it too yeah but ultimately it it failed like ultimately are you talking about from a business perspective or are you talking about like the reception from pop culture everything everything because like like man of steel was supposed to set up the dc universe Mm. and that shit crashed and burned it it no longer exists you know what i mean like it just wasn't built to do that like right but but i I believe that that's why it failed. 
I believe, like, even though it was, like, Man of Steel is a good movie. It's a good alien invasion movie. Mm -hmm. My argument is that it's not a good Superman movie. As far as, like, capturing the essence of the character. You know what I mean? My favorite Superman movie. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, yeah, yeah. but so, I'm not talking about your favorite cap. Like, right. like understand what I'm saying here. I'm not talking about whether you liked it or not, because I'm telling you, I liked it. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about why it didn't work right. in the in marketplace. What sense? As far as setting up the universe, yeah. or as as a movie? Neither, neither. I think because it works like, as a movie, but it but it was supposed to be sustainable. They were trying to set up DC and Henry Cavill was going to be your new Superman and right. all that shit, and it failed. Their plan, their plan that they set out crashed and burned, even though they made a good movie. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, ultimately, it was a failure. Right. So what I think Marvel does really well, right, and it kind of aids to your point, is they take every character and the energy, the lighting, the, the whole perspective of each movie is so different for right. each hero. Right. Right. Like you look at Spider-Man with uh, the, the, the kid, Tom Holland, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, even though like he no longer has Iron Man, it's still like youthful. Like, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's like a John Hughes movie. It's right. like exactly. a John Hughes movie. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. But you look at, for example, the Iron Man movies, there's much more of like a sarcastic, more adult right. humor side. You know, like right. it was so different. I, th my perspective of when I saw the little bits that I did see, or the little uh, like trailers that I saw from Aquaman, and when I saw Dawn of Justice, and when I saw um, Batman versus Superman, mm -hmm. or or I'm sorry, Justice League. Justice League. Yeah. They're all like the same shit. The same tone. Like, yeah. I even Suicide Squad. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. tell the fucking difference if I didn't if I had never opened up a a, a comic book, right, right? Right. Right. And I think that that's if we're just looking at as a whole. Yeah. You have to. You can't. You have to. In a way, you have to silo them, yeah. right? And how you shoot them. And the fact that yeah. they don't even get that is like they're missing the mark by such a huge gap. You know, it's like. Yeah, definitely what they should have learned is let's stick to these more serious character-driven stories. Let's stay away from the superpower CGI stuff. Right. And like, let's make it more gritty, but like when, and relatable, but when it calls for it, you know? Which for DC means just sticking with Batman and his world. Exactly. Because all the other ones you are like superpowers and shit. I mean, could you do Flash like Dark? I mean, no, you no. could. It wouldn't work. I don't think you I don't Dark Flash. Yeah, I don't know if it Flash would work. is comical, man. Yeah. It wouldn't work, bro. Well, I mean, how so about this? And maybe you guys I, I don't really consider this a superhero movie, right. but you you guys remember Kick-Ass? Yeah. Yeah. So Kick-Ass, the first one did a really good job of being kind of dark, especially with the way people were dying, yeah. but also Having humor in it, right? It and was, I think it did I really agree. well, like Deadpool too. Deadpool like is Deadpool also too. a exactly. great example. Yeah. So how do you do that for Flash? How do you differentiate that when you do that for Cyborg? Or how right. do you, differ, differ, you know, like it's hard. It's hard with DC, but there's a way to do it. There's mm -hmm. a reason that these franchises have existed, right? Right. right. So uh, having the right vision, I do think partially it is like the right fit with, like you said, lightning in a bottle, the right actor, the right budget, the mm -hmm. right all that stuff. But at the same time. There's a reason they've existed for as this long as individual characters. Now you have to translate it to the silver screen, right? Yeah, which is hard. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if there is a one or two answers. I think it's several factors. I think you also need to maybe switch up casting, right? Like maybe Henry Henry isn't the right person. It's not working. Yeah, I like him as Superman, but like it's time to change it up. I think no, if yeah, you want to get the audience excited to go to a Superman movie. 
it can't have Henry Cavill because like he's tainted. He's not Superman anymore though. I'm pretty sure. He's he's still fighting for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I agree with you. I think I think one thing that they did right was figuring out quick that yeah. Ben Affleck wasn't the guy. Yeah. Like they gave it a shot. Yeah. Right. Is Trump still our president? Yeah. He is? He got impeached. That doesn't mean he's I don't know I don't know how that shit works. Can you guys do any of you know how it works? Do you know how this works? Somewhat. Uh, an impeachment just means that they're leveling charges against him. Okay. That's no. all it means. No, so, okay, here's what I've heard. That the minute they voted to impeach him, he was impeached and should be removed from office. No. Is this your but favorite thing from 2019? No, my favorite thing? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Make it I'm not a Trump hater or supporter. But um, basically, that he's, him and his team are arguing, right, that until the articles of impeachment are turned in, that he is not officially impeached. No. Bill Clinton also got impeached. He didn't no, get he got removed. acquitted. Bill Clinton was impeached. Yeah, but he yeah, yeah. he did get it. He was impeached. Yeah, but right. he went through the trial process. Right. And that's the, what impeachment yeah. means. Right. It's like they're leveling charges against It's a it's him. a right. trial that if I and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's a it's a trial that only the president could go through, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So with Bill, I mean the, the my elementary level understanding of politics was just like the Democrats and Republicans were all swimming in a surplus. Like, at the time, the economy was great. They were like, why, why are we going to fuck up a bad thing for a blowjob? Like, mm. we all go right. home and try to do the same thing right. every day. Right. So, you know, I mean, it wasn't like, if I'm not mistaken, Monica Lewinsky was, she was of age, correct? Yeah, like, yeah, he didn't do anything illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He just, you know. Cheated on his way. He lied about it. Right. That, that yeah. was what the part, right. that was the thing. And, and he lied about it. From a, from a PR standpoint, like, you know, he cheated on his wife. A president cheated on his wife, right, yeah, yeah. in the United States. So Shout out to Kennedy. Yeah, I was about to say, Kennedy did the come same on. thing. With a celebrity. With uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. With a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, Could you imagine if social media you know was what around the, then? You know what the crazy part is? That even if he gets impeached, he could run again in 2020. And he would probably win. And the impeachment would probably only hurt, help his uh, popularity. And do we really want President Pence? No, right. like Do that's we why we really want that. Yeah, you know, no, not at all. I mean, well, I mean, you know, I uh, for me, right? Like, I wouldn't want that. But I'll, I'll say this: like, I actually just recently learned that if you're a president, let's say you're a Republican, mm-hmm. and you're running for your second term, I didn't know that another Republican could still run. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just like it's his to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another I Republican could still run, but it's very unlikely that... Yeah, why would they do that? It's yeah. a sitting president, you know what I mean? Right. Like, nobody's going to vote against Trump because Trump's the best chance they have to win. Right. right. It's a sitting president. I'm you know? a Republican. That happened in 2019. Was that in 2019? Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, man. <laughs> How do you feel about that? You're a card-carrying Republican. Have you joined the NSA, the NRA yet, or what? Both. The NSA and the NRA. <laughs> yes. Shit, I better watch yeah. what the fuck I'm saying. You, you think there's uh, extra cable here connected to this thing? Oh, shit. What's crazy is that <laughs> if that's true and he started off this conversation calling the East the Orient, it's even better. That's <laughs> <laughs> just to throw you guys off. Yikes. Did that happen on air? Yeah, it did, right? It did happen on air. No. Yeah. Yikes. That's All captured your boys. forever. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you said that. The dude. NSA is gonna be pissed at you. <laughs> do you want to go to the bento box or what? We yeah. actually have messages today, oh, man. Let's do it, man. All right. It's the bento box. This is the me. part of the show where you call in. The phone number is five six one seven zero eight zero zero seven two, 
You leave your messages. We get super excited to receive them. We play them on the air. It makes us really happy. Hey, guys. It's Reese for Comedy V. Damn. Merry Christmas off. and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Um, it's been a while. Yes, it has. Anyways. It has. Calling in regards to your inquiry as to whether anything has changed oh, since man. you started recording. I don't know. I hear this. Personally, I don't think it's like a change. I just think it's annoying because I grew up on, I grew up, LOL. Um, but I started with you guys on the radio, like listening to in the car, and that's what I still do. And whenever you guys make references to something that you're showing, visually, you know, on the TV, it's like, or on the screen, it's like, what the fuck? I can't see it. And you guys don't even take the time to describe what it is you're showing. <laughs> we um, suck. But anyways, yeah, I just find it annoying. Um, but I still listen to you guys. Does it make me stop listening? Um, so I can continually find little jabs to throw at you guys. Anyways, I hope you guys had a good Christmas and enjoy your New Year's. Be safe. And um, it's the end of the year. So I got to say love y'all. Love y'all. Oh, nice so sentimental, that one. She's such a fluff ball. That was we, we, love nice. we love Reese. We love Reese, for sure. I just want to say one thing. I heard of this new rapper called Benny the Butcher. Have you guys heard of this guy? I have not. Okay, well, he's really good. And uh, I discovered him in 2019. <laughs> and it was no thanks to Reese or Chris. I just want to say that. That was my favorite album of 2019. Man. Benny the Butcher. Late. Honestly. Late. Um, the plugs I met. For me. The plugs I I just met. started listening to this two weeks ago, right? Yeah. I, because here's the thing. I read an article that said the best 20 albums of 2019, right? And I didn't like a single one of them, right? So I thought to myself, it can't be that all this music sucks, right? It has to be me, right? So I I was like, no, I'm going to, I got to erase my mind, erase everything I know about hip hop and just listen with a clear mind, right? So I heard the first album was the Benny the Butcher plugs I met. Uh And man, it's good. Like, it's not like, I stand by what I said. It's not amazing. It doesn't like create any like amazing new things in hip hop but Mm -hmm. it's solid album you know and there's some really good bars in there i really liked it revenge of the dreamers that's gonna be my favorite album of 2019 okay okay plugs i made is yours yeah that's mine what's yours what's yours i don't know if i have one okay i mean the the late flurry of albums that came out like the roddy rich album uh kirk from you know from the baby like these aren't necessarily albums that i would consider my favorite but i don't think there was anything that impacted me Oh, you know what? Post Malone Hollywood is bleeding. Yeah, I okay. loved it. Okay, yeah. I loved. It. Yeah, I mean, I gotta, I'll listen to it. But I don't think anything was really like earth shattering for me this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, if I had to choose one, it'd probably be Post. Fair. Awesome. I think Griselda won twenty nineteen when it comes to hip hop this year, in my opinion. You think so? Yeah, man. They dropped so many projects this year. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Conway and Benny. Them two alone. Benny also has a collaboration album with Smoke Dizza. Oh, you know about Benny too? Yeah, Benny the Butcher. Yeah. I want to go see him live, bro. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to this next message, man. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Started. We're ending the year right. It's your boy Alex. about two weeks. Yeah. I want to hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. I want to wish everybody Merry a Christmas. Happy New Year. Yes, sir. Um, I had to catch up on episode uh, 57. Catch up, So uh, enjoy those, man. Uh, but above all, just want to wish everyone 
Uh, it's best, bro. All the sushis out there, the main sushis, uh, the following sushis, all the sushis in the world. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, a category. New Year. <laughs> yes, sir. Hope everybody's got that 2020 vision in 2020. Word. I and like that. Uh, I yeah, like so new companies coming out with some new stuff in the uh, New Year. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. And uh, yeah, just keep it going, guys. Uh, much love, peace, and a bottle full of degrees. Pull up. Yo, man. Yeah, Alex, I, Alex. Happy New Year, man. Merry Christmas. Straight up, man. The bento you. box. Hey, those were the back-to-back bento box MVPs right there. Yes. Reese and Alex. When they leave a message, you know it's a good episode. And all, and all actually, Reese, you did open up my mind. And Chris, you opened up my mind to some new music. Thank you for calling. Uh, Alex, I feel like it was a life-changing year for Alex, you know. Alex, like, the beginning like of the year. He found his marketing voice, in my opinion. He really did. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he really Alex. did. Uh, so Alex is this um, guy that has a company called the Do Company that has the really cool gear. Yeah. Um, and Him so and he, Marcos are the co-owners mm-hmm. of the Do Company. Yeah. yeah. So he's been on the show, but I would say that like from the first oh, episode that he yeah. came on. Yeah. And to like now him calling and like even his calls, like you could hear him finding his marketing voice. He's like, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And he's like single-handedly kept the bento box alive some for oh, some yeah, episodes, 100%. man. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing him on, on, on a past episode. He was actually wearing his gear. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's tight. Yeah. No, it's, it's just nice. Tight. Yeah. It's nice. At least what I saw from, from what he was wearing. No, yeah. They make dope shit for sure. I think that's probably one of the hardest things. I, I mean, I know you guys are dabbling in the merch game. Like that's hard, man. Oh like, yeah. No, production man, and dabbling. That's like, we made stuff to have stuff, you know what I mean? And yeah. It's just merch. But it's yeah. not like we don't take that shit seriously. Yeah, you know what I mean? we're, yeah. We're no, he really does this shit. Enough. He really does that shit. Yeah, like he's yeah. a fashion house. Like yeah, he, he, exactly. the Duke Company is a fashion house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where did the idea for Bento Box come from? Um, <laughs> we were talking about segments, and we needed a segment, so we thought of this one, and then Dre named it the Bento Box. Right, but oh, Renee agreed sense. to it like super excitedly, and I didn't find out until months later that he didn't even know what a bento box is. So I'm wondering, <laughs> what is it that you were agreeing to? I don't so remember excitedly. agreeing super excitedly. I just remember being like, "You like I understood when you said it that it had something to do with sushi." So I was like, "All right, cool." Sushi. You gotta <laughs> love somebody who's just like, "I don't know what it is, but let's roll, let's, let's do it, yeah. let's rock." Like <laughs> it made sense. It's like a you know message box. I don't know, you know. Yo, is it just me or do I feel like when we go outside, the little kid's going to be there with like a gang of his friends and we're going to wow. get jumped? And they're all going to be looking for directions. <laughs> <laughs> and Renee's going to help all of them. He's drawing 20 maps. Tracer pages. <laughs> I'll visually assess the situation, guys. Don't worry. Listen, call the bento box. Tell us your favorite What's the number? Of 2019. What's the number for, for Risa's and she's listening? What's the number, Milad? 561 708 0072. Yeah. I I qu- it took what me a long time to learn that. <laughs> Even though it was right It's yeah. right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. What was the thing that you guys probably learned the most about each other in 2019 mm-hmm. doing this podcast? And then yeah. the second question, the follow-up is, what would you have done differently? Whether it's a production thing, whether it's the setup. Right. No. I think we would have avoided the hot box office that we were in before this one okay that was like a little dip of in cash you know for yeah. no reason yeah. we were there for a month we painted the whole thing like two layers two coats or whatever made it nice and beautiful and then we realized it was too hot to work in there so we had to leave yeah um shout out to polly 
Yeah, Polly. We'll have to do an episode in there. She braved it. Yeah, we need to get her back here, man. That would be our regret, I would say, for me. What about you? Biggest regret. It's got to be that. Yeah. It has to be that. We literally paid those guys a month rent so that we can go paint their fucking office office and then just leave. We paid them so we could paint their office. We recorded four (laughs) hot episodes in there. And I don't mean hot like as in good. I mean hot as in temperature. Nah, nah, nah. (laughs) Shout out to Monica, too. She came through for that, too. And Travis. We have to have her back, man. Yeah. You know? What did you guys learn about each other? I mean, you guys have been friends for a long time, but what did you learn about each other that you didn't know? I think I learned from Renee how meticulous he is. And that was in the process of us looking for a studio or whatever. Like, this dude looked at every single office in Miami. I was ready to just go with the first one, which was this one, by the way. (laughs) This is the first first we did a lap. This is the first one I looked at. I was like, I'm telling you, it's a good one. And he was like, nah. And then, like, you know, we did did not say it was a good one. You went in there, it's like, it's small. It's small. You know, so I was like, ah, I don't need to. But did I also say we should take it? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for giving me that. Okay. Here, applaud. Applaud. Mixed with a wawa. Can you hit both yeah, buttons Yeah, you're an at asshole. You made me fucking work for it, even though it's the truth. But but that's okay. Can you hit both buttons at the same time? Uh, no. I'm incapable. Oh. Um, yeah, so I think I learned that. Because, okay. like, we literally went through every office in Miami before we finally settled on this one, which was the first one right. that I looked at. I learned to pull the trigger more. Like, if I, if I had pulled that trigger on that office, you know, we would have been here from the beginning, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's something I've been learning is just... Yeah, man, yeah. Sh- shoot or shoot. Once you, once, you have, once you actually complete something, then you have something to edit, you know? Right. So, yeah. first you need to complete something. Yeah. yeah. It's been an interesting yeah. year, man. I, yeah. I think I've learned a lot from, from yeah. podcasting. What you did know? you learn in 2019? Call the bento box, 561-708-0072. Risa, I am holding the microphone. <laughs> and what are you looking what what did you learn in 2019 i learned a lot about business um just like i, pr- I probably as a oh, sorry i probably as a just like somebody who's on their own as an entrepreneur i probably learned more about how to actually close a deal you know when you're when you're, every year you think you know a lot but mm. i'm realizing i know nothing mm. and that's actually gotten me further than when I thought I knew a lot or when I thought I knew how to negotiate or when I knew how to like source a deal. Right. And just, I I guess empathizing with like the people that I'm dealing with on the other side in a business sense, Mm -hmm. I I didn't even like, I I think 2018 went by so quickly because I was still so new this year. I was able to like refine through some things on the business side, but closing, Mm -hmm. if I had to put in one word, closing was what I learned the most about. In 2019, ABC always be closing. Always be closing. Mm. Yeah, classic. And, you also so, just and don't it sounds like a little bit of Michael Scott was in there too. Like I'm always being empathetic and all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Michael Scott is the greatest manager of all of time. All time. Right. Somehow so. I manage. Somehow I manage. My favorite management. Right. Wait, did, did you do you know Glenn Gary Glenn Ross or do you uh, just know that quote? Always be closing. No, I, I've seen that movie. Oh, okay. You've seen this movie? Yeah. I haven't uh, seen it to the end. I know that the leads like get stolen and somebody goes to jail, but I, I know Kevin Spacey's a huge asshole. I know, but I, I, I've seen all the parts that matter, right? No, no, no. You got to watch the whole thing. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. That's unacceptable. I'll watch it to his entire because I, I don't want to be embarrassed by people who actually know movies. Here, That's a great you know? movie. That's yeah. a great movie. I'm just saying. It was actually a play. Was yeah. it really? Yeah. How many movies are books or plays? If a thousand movies come out a year, 
Uh, Probably the majority. Yeah, right. Now it's like books or comic books or video games or, you know. Yeah. What was yeah. your... Um, sorry. What no, you gonna go I was going to say, what was your guys' favorite sports moment of 2019? I want to ask you guys that. Kawhi. Kawhi? Toronto, Toronto winning a title. Yeah, Kawhi winning yeah. the championship. Easy. And you I'll have to say... You said a good one. Yeah, go ahead. Say it. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say the other oh, one. Oh, um, Masvidal. Masvidal. That was my favorite. I think he was, he was the athlete of 2019, in my opinion, for my scope of the sports world. Across you know what I mean? sports. I would say George Masvidal. I mean, he had a meteoric year, for sure. I mean, I mean he, he went it, it from, was, like, making 50 grand a fight. It to, was a meteoric six months. Yeah. yeah. I would even say less, You're right? right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was two I, fights in six months. You're right. I, I think, for me, Toronto's number one. Mm-hmm. Masvidal is... Two or three. The, there's nothing in the NFL that caught my attention. Hmm. There's nothing in, you know, I've pay, I paid a lot of attention to hockey, though, this year. Did you? I have a ton of attention. Mm-hmm. I know zero about hockey, man. It's actually way more fun to watch. It's Is actually it? way cooler than, than I thought it was. Okay. Way cooler. But nothing beats nothing beats Toronto. Um, nothing beats, well, Jimmy Jimmy Butler coming to Miami. That was that was a big deal for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and what's happened in the first, like, Four months of the season, yeah, super excited. Oh about yeah, yeah. they look great. But you know what else I'll say in 2019? The NBA off season was fucking great this year, oh, man. Yeah. It was as good as any HBO show. Mm-hmm. It was the drama was fucking palpable, man. Yeah, I think if there's you know, and, and I'm gonna say it, and it'll probably happen, but I think they should have a hard knocks version of just free agency. Just fo- follow around, follow the GMs around while they're making phone calls. Follow mm. the athletes around while oh, they're taking calls. From I would agents. watch that. That would be great. <sighs> Man. Could you imagine yeah. you're getting an inside scope? Like yeah. right now, ESPN. But too much shit would get leaked, and but players, right. you know, that it would prevent but players. They could air from it like eight months afterwards. Later. Yeah. yeah, that but would it, be fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, the, the only tough part is like a lot of these phone calls have a lot of like sensitive information that are aren't disclosed like in their contract, right? Like. How many times your family flies out, or how, ma- how much money you get for X amount of performance, you know, bonuses. Like these are things that don't get publicly. Well, and also Kawhi's uncle is being Wild. scrutinized for w- the way he was negotiating in the offseason. Right. Which yeah. at the same, I kind of respect him for it, though. Right. Supposedly like, he was asking for like partial ownership of the team. Like he was asking for wild ass shit. Endorsement wow. money, access to a private jet whenever and however they wanted. <laughs> yeah. He got. He went straight diva. Hey, I love it, man. Yeah. Like Kawhi Leonard for such a it. quiet guy. Like the fact that he's so fucking just like shrewd when it comes to like his business. I I fucking love it, dude. Well, if it's there's fu- someone who's gonna give him those things, it's got to be the guy. One of the guys who started Microsoft, right? Like, right. I mean that. Also, if you think about it now, to another degree, like. Steve Ballmer bought the team for like I think two point one billion uh-huh. at the time. That team is easily worth, you know, right now I th- I would say that they're worth three. Yeah, they won a title three and a half four. Yeah. right. Like that's how quickly the evaluation goes up. There's very few teams that could suffer. Like the Knicks will never be less th- worth less than five five right. Bs, right? right. Mm-hmm. But they also are in Midtown Manhattan, right? Right. But yeah, man, Kawhi is Kawhi is shrewd and his family is shrewd too. And and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if his uncle did get something out of whatever deals with the Clippers, right? But there was a lot of stuff that's outside of the collective bargaining agreement. So it would be illegal mm-hmm. right. for a lot of that stuff, you know? Right. hundred percent. Yeah, it's crazy, man. What teams are good in hockey? What's your what's your sports <laughs> moment of twenty nineteen? I want to know more about hockey. <laughs> Okay, uh, St. Louis Blues, they won. They won a title. Uh-huh. Boston's always good. Okay. Right? Um, San Jose the Sharks. The Bruins, right? San Jose uh, Sharks, 
flame. What are you looking at me for, bro? Yeah. <laughs> like, See, I do know approval. something about sports. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me. So he's like, you see that? That's exactly see the that? look I was Bruins. <laughs> Shout out to the Bruins. Um, the Florida Panthers are not great. Okay. Oh, that's mean, still a thing? That's still a thing. Oh. There, there's like talks about them going to San Antonio. But mm. yeah, it's tough. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I think if Miami or, or if the South Florida market got rid of hockey and, and uh, baseball, I think the Marlins got to go. Mm, Fuck yeah. that! They, they gotta go, man. You think so? I think so. They're, uh, the, the relationship that South Florida why has with baseball is awful. Why like, doesn't it work here? You would think like well, baseball is such a popular sport in South and well, Central. And there's so many Hispanics, right? right. So if you thi- so let's re- let's rewind, right? right? Let's think about 1997. The Marlins won a world title. Mm-hmm. Bought, the, bought a world title. Bought a world title, <laughs> right? They did it. They did it the Yankees way, and right. much, you know that's fine. And then th- what they did was they had a fire sale, which is they sold, you know, they traded or sold um, yeah. or, or let free agents walk, right, right. A- after that offseason. So six, fast forward six years, they win another title, and they do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So what happens is... The second Marlins title? Yeah. Yeah. You think they bought that title? No, no, no. They didn't. I'm oh. saying, I'm saying they, they like let go the of way, Jeff Conine. The way they won it was the complete opposite. Right. They, they were they were the underdogs the whole way through. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Conine yeah. was there for a long time. Mike Lowell was there beautiful. for a long time. That yeah. was a beautiful I, run. I was into baseball that year because yeah. it was just that was a great run. So Josh Beckett was like a was. young prospect that had like come to fruition. Like yeah. Yeah, Dontrell nice. Willis was like you know yeah, nobody yeah, was yeah. even looking at him until until uh, that right yeah. until that yeah. That's what I don't get how people remember these names and stuff. But whatever, please go on. <laughs> well, it's just like it's, it's if you if it's something you you really care no, for. No, I right? get it. I get like, it. Yeah, if you're paying, yeah. like when I watch sports, I listen to the fucking announcing. Yeah, you know what I mean, like that's yeah. why I, sometimes I don't like to watch sports in a bar. Like I like to listen to the play by play. You know, actually, another interesting thing about that is like listen to announcers like Mike Breen or even the Heat broadcasters like Eric Reed. Listen to how many times they say the word uh or um, you, you never hear it. Right. Mm-hmm. And They're that good. art by itself is fucking It's crazy. Yes, yeah. tell me about it. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I've been working on that. <laughs> <laughs> so Marlon's second title, not bought. What I meant by same thing is after they won the title, mm-hmm. a lot of the free agents, they let them walk. They didn't right. pay them. Or right. they, they traded for young prospects, right? Right, right. So what's happened is they've developed a really poor relationship with fans because you have these years of – you have two years where you win a title, but then you have these other five years or or plus now, right, right. Mm-hmm. where you are nowhere near the playoffs. Like, you yeah. can't even smell the playoffs. You couldn't pay to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Right. So w- people in the city, uh, like, in the city are, are having trouble, like, spending money or risking spending their money on the idea that even if the team was good, they would just blow it away anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, if, and they did another micro version of that when, when the Jeter administration stepped in, right? They took... Christian Yelich, mm-hmm. they sold, they traded him to Milwaukee. He won a MVP in Milwaukee and has been in the playoffs. Uh, they did the same thing with Giancarlo Stanton. They trade. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton is a home. Anytime you have a slugger, somebody who's constantly just trying to hit a home run, you're gonna have somebody who strikes out a lot. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, he was the only thing putting asses in the seats. Right. They traded him away. He went to the Yankees, and the Yankees are relatively close to going to a World Series again. Right. So. But what you're saying is true, though. You have to build trust with your fan base. Your fan base has to know that you're committed to winning. And a lot of these sports franchises are like, they're committed to just not spending too much money. Because it's expensive to have a fucking sports franchise. Like, look at the Dallas Mavericks. 
those fans, even on bad years, those yeah, fans yeah. know that Mark Cuban is trying to win a fucking championship. Yeah. Right. Like which they're is, fucking loyal. Man. Right. Yeah. Which, which is why Miami has a great rapport, right? Mm-hmm. The Heat have a great rapport because even years where, like, their best player is a, you know, broken down, or not broken down, just an older Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. like, they're still trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, Pat Riley's the biggest star of the Heat. It's Forget it. Dwayne Wade yeah. and He'll never else. let them die. Yeah. He'll never let them die. Yeah. It's interesting how many layers there are to sports. You know, like, it's crazy. Like, yeah. You go from the management to the players to the oh, coaches. Yeah. To One the of the most interesting things in sports, talking about layers, is the Lakers-Celtics rivalry in the 80s because of all the racial connotations, too. Oh, like, yeah. All the white people became Celtics fans. Right, because of Bird. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Interest, interesting thing about Boston, though, right? Like the city itself. Like people, th- when you think about Boston, what do you think about? Who do you think lives there? Bostonians. White people. White, uh, Irish people. Irish, right? Yeah. But what's interesting about Boston is that the white people in Boston are not, they're not even like, uh, they're not like the superior, like, or, or they're not, they don't live in the highest economic. Yeah, they're like the poor people. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. W- which is very interesting, right? Because, like, you would expect there to be some sort of empathy, like, relating to other people who come from that. Right. From that. So there, there's, like, a lot of, like, cross-platforming here, cross-platforming layers yeah. of culture and sport. But he is right. If you watch, um, is it the best of friends? No, that that's the Magic Johnson, Larry Bird one. There's a thirty for thirty. There's a thirty for thirty about the, about that. Yeah, right? where Mar- where Donnie Wahlberg is is narrating for the for the Celtics uh-huh. and Ice Cube is narrating for the Lakers, uh-huh. and it's true, right? Like if you when you know the Forum, which is I think in Inglewood. Yeah. When Inglewood yeah, yeah. was still Inglewood, it was the right? Forum, yeah. Not what it is now, right? right? Where it's been gentrified. Like you know, you had LA gang culture. You just had a different kind of like energy around the city of Los Angeles. And your main star and your main stars were young black men. Mm-hmm. And in contrast, the Celtics, even though they did have a, a lot of young black men yeah. and very good athletes, their main, their, the main people on that team were Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Danny Ainge, and Danny Ainge. Yeah. And then you also had Robert Parrish, right? And, yeah. Ele- and Dennis Johnson. Dennis and Johnson. And other guys, yeah. But, you know, you know, they call them the great white hope. If, if you're not, like, alluding to some sort of racial <laughs> right. issue right. happening. Right. Yeah. You know it's what I mean? very obvious, for sure. And this is something that carried on since they were in college. Mm-hmm. That's the cool thing about Bird and Magic is that yeah. they were rivals in college, mm-hmm. played in the finals in college, and went straight to the pros and started competing right away. Right. Like, Magic's team made the finals their first year, his rookie year. He won it he in the first He was finals year? MVP wow. his rookie year. Yeah. Yeah. Was, that, do that. was that the same... <laughs> That's all. That's a fact. Jordan never did that. That huh? was correct. No. That's yeah, a fact. That's a fact. All right. Actually, yeah. it took Jordan seven years. Seven years, right? Because he got drafted in '84, '84, and he won it in '91. Uh-huh. Actually, I, he beat the Lakers say, to, to win his first one. I'm glad I stayed quiet. I was going to say he did it in his second year. No, <laughs> I mean no. the fact that he went off the cuff with that is such. I a appreciate sad. that. It's bro. confidence you couldn't buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Risa, I appreciate that. I am shaking both my fists. Victory. Reese's rolling her eyes right now. Like, I think uh, the other aspect of Lakers-Celtics is they played only twice a year right. in the regular season. Right. You know, they saw each other only twice a year. Yeah. And if you think about the even the differences in, in arenas, right? Boston is a very blue-collar city. Mm-hmm. L.A. is, you know, we already know what L.A. is all about in terms of what, what the entertainment industry has done there. But yeah. It, it's just two different. It's very artsy perspective. Yeah. Well, even Boston Garden at the time had been around for how many years? Yeah. Boston Garden was fucking mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting rivalry, man. Those thirty for thirties. You know what I'm excited for? 
coming up. Oh, the ten part series <sighs> with Jordan. The They're doing a ten part thirty for thirty yeah. based on Michael Jordan. Oh yeah, and it's coming. Yeah, I, I could that. not be more excited. I know. like. You know how I feel about Batman. Yeah. You know how I feel about James Bond. Michael Jordan, bro. Michael Jordan. It, so <laughs> Michael Jordan you. or basketball? My, like when you say, I told you, it's the only time I've ever been starstruck in my life is when I sat when I saw Michael Jordan. I yeah, sat. Michael Jordan is yeah. number one yeah. for me. Like I can I can go home and watch Michael. I mean basketball yeah. too, especially eighties yeah. and nineties basketball, right? Yeah. right? And and early two thousands too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allen Iverson and Vince yeah. Carter. Yeah. That whole era was fucking great. I cannot claim that I ever watched basketball like that, except when Jordan was playing. When yeah. Jordan was playing, I was a kid. I didn't. I didn't keep stats or anything like that, but I watched Jordan play like crazy. Yeah. I'm so grateful for YouTube. Yeah. Uh, like, and I don't even mean that to be like to make to make like a dumb comment. It's just like there's so much that you don't remember when you're six or seven, yeah. right? Like, you, you only catch glimpses. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is that another part of the disconnect when you're born in, like, the early 90s is if you played video games, if you played basketball video games, there was there was very few games that actually had Michael Jordan in the video right. game as a character. Because they weren't uh, licensed. Right, yeah. he wasn't licensed through the, I think it was the NBA PA who, mm -hmm. who handled that, and they still handle it. And recently, they just brought him back. So, like, I think NBA 2K12 was, like, the first... Or actually, two K eleven. I think or it was 10. ten or ten or eleven. Yeah. He was on the cover of twelve. That's why I said he was yeah. on the cover of eleven and twelve, which yeah. is why I said that. Mm -hmm. But you're right. He, he showed cool. like it showed. Well, now there's like it. six different versions of Jordan. Yeah, there's like the four, and they and they all have like the appropriate sneaker to match the era. Right, right, right. Awesome. And like summer, like when he's a rookie, it's a little worse yeah. than the, you know he didn't have a, he doesn't have a jump shot in on yeah. the eighty six team. He doesn't really have a jump shot, <laughs> but he jumps out of the gym. You know. Yeah, yeah he's just freakishly athletic. Like, yeah. It's it's it, he's a uh, one in a billion man one in one you in can't, a billion you can't replicate that like LeBron good try yeah good try yeah you can't replicate Jordan man it's it's that was once in a lifetime dude I don't know I his level of yeah like his level of stardom just everything about him the like his career the way it played out was like a fucking storybook dude mm -hmm. he retires because of his dad comes yeah. back wins the championship on Father's Day. Also, I think another really important... Yeah, 96 against the Sonics. I mean, come he, on. He, he played a huge part in, in creating that image, too, you know? Because so, obviously, a lot of it is, is the cultivated. image that he's portraying. Yeah. Oh, of know? course, yeah. of course. But his exploits uh, on the court exactly. helped to shape that. No, though. that was... Without that, there was nothing, you know? So Dude, that, there's that's a, the main ingredient. There's a video on YouTube of just Michael Jordan game winners. It's an hour long. Yeah. Wow. It's an hour long, dude. And you know he has a famous quote about how many shots he's missed. Right. Could you imagine how long that video would be? Right. What's the you quote? Know, like, right. it's a, it, I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but he says, you know, I've, I've played X amount of games. I've taken X amount of shots. I've missed the game-winning shot when it was in my hand X amount of times. Right. And obviously the amount of times he's hit it is way less. And the whole point is of the quote, and I forgot how it ends because it, it does have a punchline, is like, you just got to shoot your shot and it's fail. Yeah, you fail, but you also cannot succeed unless you take your shot, right? Yeah. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Yeah, that's Mike, the quote. Michael Scott. Dash Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I, I, I should have asked him to give me the hockey player's <laughs> name. <laughs> I actually knew it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's Yeah, yeah Michael's different man so you know what's you said something about lebron nice try like do you think i don't think lebron wants to be that though mm. i think he I wants think the same titles and uh, the accolades i don't think mm. he wants to be i think it's hard not to think of that 
when so many of people course. are comparing you. Yeah. I but mean, how does he not want to be that, though? He's got the Nike deal. <clears throat> he He's number wearing one. number 23. He's doing fucking Space Jam. Right. Of course he wants to be that. So, I, I guess, and you're right, right? Everything you're saying is valid, and, and it's a fact, right? And, he, and he'll tell you that his favorite player growing up was Michael. Right. But I think his style of play was oh, never Michael. That's a different story. That's what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, that's a different I story. been more specific. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. That's no, a whole different story. I think Kobe's the court, the closest thing we got to Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Kobe is. I think, to be honest with you, I think, I think Dwayne Wade is closer to Michael than, than LeBron is. I agree. Even right? and Kawhi too. Kawhi as I well. I think Kawhi is closer to Jordan than, than LeBron. Is. And in a lot of ways, I mean, if we're just talking about, I'm not talking about necessarily flair or body type, but even Allen. I think Allen for me is 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 a sh- pure Ray sport. Allen. No, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. Yeah, mentality. I think Allen Iverson is Isaiah Thomas 2.0. Hmm. He's a little More guy. Aggressive, though. Yeah, but he well, Isaiah was aggressive, bro. Yeah. He's a little guy. Yeah. Freakish, freakishly fast. If we're taking all factors into consideration, right? We're talking about body and 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 attitude. Yeah. Game though. Like think about like the way that they would they, they get to the rim it's the same way it's just Allen Iverson's crossover is a little more advanced but they their their philosophy on getting to the rim is the same way it is the same yeah I agree Jordan wasn't so much like he's going to cross you up you know what he's I mean he's just going to go through you he was going to head through, fake right. he was yeah. going to pump fake you know what I mean he was going to step to one side like Jordan's Jordan had the fastest first step man yeah. people don't realize that about Jordan like that guy would get the ball and just take off bro yeah his first step was extremely the fast c- closest thing I've seen is Kobe which in meaning in style of play and obviously Kobe emulated Jordan it know? was obvious yeah. well I think yeah right. I think yeah. Kobe is almost frame for frame right? yeah like right yeah it, there, there's videos if you ever like uh-huh. if you're ever bored the side by side yeah, yeah side by side yeah. or somewhere like Jordan starts the motion and then like the editing is so great uh-huh. that the Kobe finishes it. But I do agree with you on Allen and, and and Isaiah. I do I just think they're the one difference I'll say is that Allen was a little bit more elusive in contrast to how Isaiah was a little bit more of a bulldog. Like he would he was more about driving physical contact to get to the basket where Allen was kind of like doing these crazy up and unders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference. But I mm-hmm. do think you're right. I think mentality-wise when I think about people who are just out for the kill okay. from a scoring perspective. Okay. I, there I see it. Right. There I see yeah. it. I don't for sure. Because I, I see, like yesterday, I LeBron word, doesn't I, have that DNA. I he use the it. word aggressive, but I, I was referring more to like how many times he would drive to the basket, speaking of Allen Iverson, and the fact that whether he had an opening or not, he would try to just... Be quicker, but you're also in, you're know. also describing Isaiah Thomas. You I, are I'm telling also, you, yeah. but you're, had, you're not wrong. Right? Isaiah Thomas had the same like disregard for his body right. than Helen Iverson. Did. Right, that's you know what I'm saying. That's yeah. what the phrase for sure. For there's for a sure. there's a famous uh, image floating around the internet where you can you know it's Allen Iverson like standing for like a media day photo, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of like lines pointing to every single injury he's ever gotten, mm-hmm. and most of these injuries like whether it's a dislocated finger, whether it's like uh, you know a slight hairline fracture, like he's just played through them wow and this is also like a different time right this is like when sports medicine was just like a luxury or something that you might have considered right not something that you actively pursued but lebron i I don't think lebron's like i don't think lebron is afraid or i i I don't like to give it a negative connotation i just think it's different yeah yeah yeah. it's just not his game it's 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 magic it's more magic johnson right now when lebron attacks the basket he is a freight train, right? It's very terrifying. 
where like Dwayne Wade, for example, was very elusive. Right. He didn't, you know, of course you'd still draw contact, you'd look for it, but it's not the same. Like he didn't try to overpower you right. with, with his physicality. But LeBron, yeah. my thing about LeBron is not, he's not the guy that's going to volunteer to guard the team's best player. I think That's the difference between him and Jordan. I think at one point he was a little bit more willing to do that. Maybe for like a year and a half when he was here. Yeah, know? well, he was, he was I th- and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was a couple of years where he was defensive all first team. No, yeah, all yeah, second yeah. Team, no, for right? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's. First he, team, I think. I mean, he, he doesn't, let me tell you somebody he hates. He hates Kawhi. He hates Garden Kawhi. He doesn't want any piece of Kawhi, bro. Who was picking up Kawhi yesterday? Was it. Was it Danny? It was like it was like I think Danny it was Green. Danny Green, yeah, it well, wasn't him. Who's a great perimeter defender? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Kawhi no, he's the guy you want Kawhi. on Kawhi, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I tough. Agree. It's. <laughs> <laughs> you can't wait for that I, conversation. Uh, to thank end. you, thank you for. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> you can't wait for this to end, huh? Kawhi sounds like a cell phone brand. Okay, so in, on a scale of one to ten, in 2019, whenever you've had a guest who likes to talk about sports. How much do you hate it? Ten being I rather die, zero being I love it. It was cool for like the first twenty minutes. <laughs> so zero, zero. I you got to get off a little stat, the little random fact there. Yeah, you know? but you I got ran that out that of shit now. So you now but, you, <laughs> but you contributed, you know, like that's pretty much the entirety of my sports knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's, it's great. Easy. It's an easy podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start wrapping it up, man. We're almost at uh, two hours. We're at a minute. Yeah, uh, we could do this all day. We're at an hour 45. So let's start. Let's uh, end, I think, by giving a, a mini version of a New Year's resolution. All right. You first. You want me to go first? Yeah, all you right. first. All right. So for 2020. My res- I don't even know what I'm going to say, to be honest. Yeah. I know. That's why you made me go first. For 2020, <laughs> my resolution is going to be to complete some projects. Okay. I feel really good about where I'm at. I've made a lot of positive changes, you know, in the last 10 years. 2020 is my uh, going to be my 40th birthday in 2020. Word. So, um, you know, I, lo- I love where I'm at in life, and I'm just going to keep pushing and this podcast has been a big reason that when you asked earlier about what have we learned, you know, this podcast has been a big reason for me to be a little bit more introspective and kind of look at myself and see, you know, where I'm at. And so, yeah, I feel like a big push coming from me to be a person who completes things more. Word. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that, that something like this that is never really complete is motivating you to complete. I think it's actually awesome. Because, you know, you're constantly yeah. tinkering with the podcast and things will change. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's many victories here, and that's what I've re- learned, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, to appreciate the small ones. Yeah. Just like the, yeah. yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. How you about you, man? You want to go? Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Right. Uh, for sure, from a business perspective, just growing it. I don't necessarily want to bring on more clients. I just want to, like, actually find more. I want to work on more creative partnerships. Like mm. We're doing some cool things with, like, CBD brands now and, and pro athletes. And I just want to work on things that are impactful. You know, that's, like, that's my biggest New Year's resolution. Oh, Do nice. something that's going to, like, somehow alter someone's life. I don't know what that looks like yet, but that's mm. what I want to do. That's a good resolution to have, man. Yeah, yeah, great aim. Yeah, I think mine's a little more selfish. What's your resolution? I want to I wanna direct a fucking film, even even if it's not a feature. I want to. Mm. I don't want to direct either a short or a feature. Dude, but that can impact That's someone's life position. too. You're, you're Maybe. F- you're um, doing a project this weekend, right? Yeah, we're shooting uh, one of my scripts. Michael Garcia is directing it. Uh, nice. Catalina Viteri and Ivan 
Nodal mm-hmm. are starring in it, and uh, I'm Beautiful. I'm also acting in it, which I'm oh, a little bit nervous love about. It, yeah, right? I'm a little nervous. I forgot about, about that for a second. <laughs> I'm not gonna front. I have one line in the fucking movie, and I'm practicing for that shit like it's Christopher Walken in Pulp Fiction, <laughs> like the Goldwater <laughs> speech <laughs> and shit. You looking like, at me? Yeah. You looking at me? <laughs> I helped. <laughs> Can you tell us what the line is? Or the line no. is, I don't think we should be sitting on these sheets. We're in a fucking motel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should be sitting on these sheets. No, 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 no. I don't think. I mean, I wrote the line, so, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, it's being on film. It's your craft, Congratulations, man. man. You That's know, you're, you're executing a craft and you yeah. want it to be good. It, weren't we talking about, like, emails last time? You know, yeah, like yeah. it's writing the, the perfect email, writing yeah. the perfect email. But so, so I've written a bunch of films, man. And I've, and I've, you know, obviously directed stuff, but I want to direct a film with a fucking crew. Like mm-hmm. everything I've directed has been super gorilla me yeah, holding yeah. the camera and just like trying to do it as best we can. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've gotten some pretty good results. Um, but now nah, I want to do, I want to direct an actual film. You know, oh, cool, man. If you need an explosion expert, just let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> sure thing, buddy. <laughs> Is wrong button. <laughs> you hit the wrong button. Is this like a script above my head? Yeah. That's it's like a, a skeleton of a script? That's a skeleton of a script. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Is this something that you've already shot or are you going to shoot? <laughs> no, my dumb ass looked at the ceiling. How's that's, it? What I'd like to, that's what I'd like to shoot in 2019, but that's a feature. So I also have like a couple short scripts that, I'd also, that I also want to do and they're a little cheaper to make, you know? So I know, I, I, I don't expect you to go in depth because I know we don't have a bunch of time, but when you make a feature, mm-hmm. which I, I hope you do in, in 2020, um, what's the process like? What do you do with this like piece Afterwards? of work? Yeah, what do you do with it? Like you shoot it, you edit it, you have a complete project. What's what's the next thing you do? Well, they say like you know, film is one of the worst things to invest in. Like if you're gonna invest in film, just do it because you love to do it and not because you're expecting to make money right. back, right? So with that being said, um, there's several avenues that you can go with it depending on the film. Like you can hit the festival circuit which means that you're not going to be able to put it online because most uh, festivals require that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you could try to hit that circuit and try to get the film sold to a distributor that way. You could put it online yourself. Um, You could try to sell it directly to like a Netflix or something like that. But again, one of the best ways to get Netflix attention is to like put it in a film festival, in a film festival that people actually go to. So in a lot of ways, it's a crapshoot. Um, but you can choose between that or like putting it out yourself and just spending money to market it yourself. That's another direction that you can go with it. You know? Have you done both, both avenues? Yeah, I actually, uh, with my documentary, the last Taino, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because we did submit it to a couple film festivals and we were talking to, um, national geographic at one point Amazing. about maybe putting it on and eventually, uh, you know, uh, eventually they passed on it because it was shot in SD. Instead of HD, because right. I did that shit on like a fucking rinky dink camera, the only thing that we could sneak to Cuba, you know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you did the best with what you had. Right. So after we had no success going that route, I put it up on YouTube, and it's actually been a pretty big success on YouTube. Like it's got hundreds of thousands of views, it's got a whole bunch of comments, like it's with no marketing. You right. know what I'm saying? Like it's just organic search. Organic. Like every other day I get new comments on that fucking video. It's like it's it's got a life of its own. Awesome. You know what I mean? So it's amazing. Again, it really depends on the film. Yeah. You know? So yeah, l- let's see. Yeah. But you know what? It's like we'll cross that bridge when we get to yeah. it. I'm just trying to make the goddamn thing. You know right. what I mean? Like once we do that, then we'll we'll figure out what we're gonna do with it. No, I I'm just super interested because I th- I think eventually at some point sports will lead into TV and movies and stuff like that. So I'm mm. all, I'm just like incredibly curious about how that side of the world even works. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have no like no concept of it yet. Mm-hmm. But that's cool, man. That's great. It's kind of a crapshoot, man. Yeah. So cool, man. Thanks, y'all, for thanks again, man, for All for right. coming through. You know I what I mean? You Always guys. a pleasure. Thank you guys Thanks for to everybody me. who's uh, listening. Happy fucking New Year's. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Should old acquaintance be <laughs> forgot? <laughs> Yo, they need more New Year songs, man. They don't got no New Year I mean, anthem. What's a that New Year's w- anthem? Where did that I just do the birthday for everything. Right. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> and then for Christmas, <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> to I just do that for everything. It's kind of, it's so interesting that someone as musically inclined is just like, I'm going to hit that note. Yeah, that's right. the only one. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only one I'm doing. All right, well, so that's my uh, goal for 2020. I'm going to write a New Year's anthem. In 2021, I'm going to play it on this show. That's one of the projects. I like yeah. it. That's the new talent That's track. the new talent Oh, joint. you should drop a joint for New Year's. <laughs> Or yeah. Talon, or you should tell Talon to drop a joint for New Year's. I'm gonna tell Talon, yeah. All right, y'all. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Thank you, sushis. Happy New Year. Get us the fuck about it. Oh shit. <laughs>